Well, 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 well. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to all of you. And maybe it's a snowing out there or was snowing out there. And it's pretty deep. It's pretty wet. It's pretty easy to kind of uh, traverse as far as I'm concerned. Although that's coming from a guy with a Jeep and four-wheel drive. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty but the but the good news is when you get out, if you are going to have to get out, and I notice there are a lot of closings and stuff like that. Remember the old school closing thing where you used to uh, used to get up in the morning and turn on you know KMOX, and then they would have all the school closings. You'd sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait, and you'd say, "Oh, I, w- I can't wait till they, they. I hope they name my school." And uh, usually, you know, if um, if Rex Davis or someone like that mentioned your school, uh, you were in luck. You're like, and uh, school closing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, indeed. That was uh, 
Those were the days when we just sit there and wait for KMOX to tell us the schools were closed. Now, of course, you get a phone call in the morning or whatever. I get a call from Aiden School at like, you know, five something in the morning. And uh, that was uh, declaring that school was going to be uh, called off. So uh, or, or late start. I don't I don't know which one because it 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 it, um, it was just a message. And I didn't I, I knew it. We take care of it at the, on the home front. So. Uh, knew that would be all taken care of. But, yeah, I used to wake up, KMOX, boom, on, yeah, hey, school clothes, yay, snow day, yay. I had a snow day on my birthday one day. And that was March 12th, by the way. Mm. And I was 10 or uh, 9 or 8 or something like that. And what is interesting is that that was back in the day when global warming really wasn't an issue and people weren't all griping about global warming. And it was March 12th. And in St. Louis, I don't know whether people realize this, but it snows a hell of a lot in St. Louis in March. Uh, you know, if you, statistically more often than not. I mean, hell, about three or four years ago, it snowed on Easter. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, it, it snows a, a great deal in this, uh, in this area at unusual times, and I was told, although I have to tell you, yeah, Jimmy says his birthday's like on the 17th of February, so, uh, you know, of course, uh, but but I, uh, oh, hey, I, I want to let you know, Ben Murphy's stopping by on the way into, into McClay Science. He's coming by, and he's uh, going to stop in. We're going to talk a little bit about politics and local politics as well, and just kind of uh, shoot the breeze for a little while after he has... Breakfast with his lovely wife, who she says is making him some breakfast this morning. So good for good for you, Ben, and uh, thanks for thanks for coming in, brother. I appreciate it. I, I have my cold brew today. I uh, I'm not really much of a. I don't need my coffee to be hot, you know. I just need the caffeine. That's what I need, and I'm good. I, that's how that's how things work. I'm I'm, I'm good. Boy, a lot to talk about this morning, but what I'm going to tell you about really quickly is the whole uh, global warming situation. I am right now looking at a map, and this is a map of the current wind chill. Okay, I never really, I never really liked the wind chill thing. Uh, Janet, the roads are fine. It, it, it's it's a wet snow. So, uh, and Lisa, now you guys have the snow in Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to let you know it's a, it's a wet snow. And so it's uh, so. For instance, this morning it required no scraping or anything like that, and it, it's more of a it's more of a wet snow. And so, uh, hopefully, by the time even if you're hitting the road, like even at nine o'clock uh, or whatever it happens to be, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Uh, you're yeah, as Bo points out. And what's up, Bo? Uh, hey, yeah, steam fitter Chris. Yeah, I know, man. We didn't get that fishing trip in yet. But listen, buddy, by the time December rolls around, it'll be 70. I mean, when I put, usually what happens is when I put my Christmas decorations up, uh, I pick a day, and normally it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty warm day in December. And then what happens is right around uh, mid-December, it's like 70 degrees and windy as hell. And it is... Uh, and all my Christmas, all my plastic lighted Santas all topple over. There's always that one catastrophic day for my Christmas set. And it usually happens right in mid-December because it's like 70 degrees. So dude, sit tight. We'll be fine. And uh, yes, Julie's going. She's I'm running away to a beach. I don't blame you. 
this is this it's way too early. I think this is probably one of the earlier snows we've had in St. Louis in a really long time. Anyway, doesn't look like you got to scrape much off of your windshields. Uh, you just have to just roll the roll the wipers, and that'll do. And then it uh, and and but if you have a self starting car, I'd go ahead and start that baby up and uh, and get the back end done, so you don't have to touch that. And then driving in, as Bo points out, the roads are slushy, and yeah, the highways are slushy, uh, but the back roads are are snow. They've got all kinds of snow, but this will be melted by the, you know, by next week. So unless it stays around and it's dirty, but to my point about how. For instance, it's the earliest snow we've had. We've also had snow on March 12th. And this speaks to the whole issue of climate change. Yesterday, of course, I did uh, do a Maxine Waters and say that we ought to be screaming at people in small cars and blaming them for the snow and blaming them for the 17 degrees because I'm doing my part driving a three-mile per, per, per gallon uh, Jeep that pollutes more than the other ones do. And so the people who are anti-pollution are directly responsible for our weather and should be yelled at and screamed at in restaurants and at gasoline stations. I'm really just kidding, but I'm I'm kind of really not. So I want to take you to a map, and this is a map from hailpoint.com, and it is it's windchills. But I because I'm not I'm not a big big fan of the windchill thing. The windchill thing is. Uh, just simply an a, a, an overdoing of the temperature. It's designed to make people the weather worse than it is, it, and 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 they do that with the heat index and all that kind of stuff. It feels like it's like come on, if it's forty three degrees, it's forty three degrees. It doesn't feel like blah blah blah. It's forty three degrees. Just leave it at that. And if it happens to feel that way when you're walking on that sidewalk as opposed to the other one, then 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 knock yourself out. But come on with the wind chills and the heat indexes and all that. But but this is the map I have in front of me, and this is kind of how it goes. But it gives you a good indication of what's happening all around the country. And I know that uh, Julie, for instance, said that she was going to be. Uh, running to a beach, but I'm not quite sure you're going to find a beach that is warm in the United States of America right now. Maybe Key West. You'd have to go way down to Florida. But the map I'm looking at goes all the way to Southern California, and I'm talking about San Diego and beyond. goes all the way to uh, Cape Hatteras and beyond. goes all the way to uh, the Florida Panhandle. And there is not a temperature, and at least when it comes to wind chills, that is that is above 40 degrees anywhere in the United States except for uh, the Baja Peninsula, which is in the United States, but you know what I'm talking about, way below uh, the uh, the way below the border there. But I'm not even quite sure that that I don't know why they have them blank. But I'm assuming there are parts of Florida that are warmer than 40 degrees. But if you look at all of the temperatures, and I'm looking at an entire table of temperatures, and it is 38 degrees in San Diego. And this is as of 6 a.m. And I realize it's in the morning, but uh, it, and, and that's, I was looking at it last night, too, and it's it, same same situation. But all across the country, you can't find a temperature 
except in South South Florida and and maybe South South Baja Peninsula, to you can't find a temperature over forty degrees. And in, and in the, the the highest I'm seeing is kind of in uh, looks like it might be Pensacola, and that's uh, thirty nine degrees of a wind chill. So presuming it's a little bit, I don't, I don't know what, why, but nonetheless, so California, all, all on the coast of California, 38, 35, 35, 34, all on the southern coast of the United States, we're seeing 36, 37, 34, 31, uh, I, I'm talking about the southeastern seaboard there, and then if we look towards Texas, and I'm talking about South Texas, I'm talking about all along South Texas, New Orleans, the Emerald Coast. I'm going to start with South Texas. You're seeing 32, 30, 29, 31, 33, 29, 25, 27, 29. And these are all the temperatures as, a, as it relates to wind chills throughout the United States. And then you go to the middle section, and, of course, they're all low. So there's there's not a place in the United States right now uh, that is, uh, except for in the far reaches of, of southern Florida, where the temperatures are above 40. And, in fact, they did this whole story I'm seeing here in San Antonio, where uh, San Antonio's weather in Texas has shattered a 102-year-old record. San Antonio reaching a low of 23 degrees at the airport in the morning. Fourth coldest November low temperature on record. The only other colder temperatures were recorded in 1976 and 1986, and both were later in the month. So what we're seeing here, folks, is a situation where these claims somehow of rampant global warming or whatever that, that it won't even get a mention it'll be, it'll probably get the same mention as uh as Michael Avenatti's arrest for domestic violence which is all but being ignored by by most of the networks I don't know whether you saw this or not and of course you know you never know I mean arrest for domestic violence so you but you are uh unlike in Avenatti's world and in the world where he lives, uh, in our world, you are innocent until proven guilty. So I'm going to afford Avenetti the kind of innocence before guilt that he did not afford Kavanaugh or probably anybody else in his career. Because, man, is he a dick. I don't know whether you've ever seen him interviewed on, on uh, like, Tucker Carlson and stuff. This guy is, This guy has some real problems. And it wouldn't surprise me if the lead is, in the least if he's slapping women around in his life. Because he's, a, he's an angry, nasty dude. I'm just telling you. Pardon the language, but I rarely use that la- word. But that's a, uh, that's, that's a, the very definition of Michael Avenetti. I think he's from St. Louis, too, which is an embarrassment. I think he's a, I think he's a Parkway guy, Lord. Mm. By the way, nothing wrong with Parkway people. I'm just saying. Yeah, he doesn't surprise me. Just telling you. Anyway, yeah, he's he's a Parkway boy, Avenetti. 
So, and if you've ever seen him interviewed or talking, he's a, he's a really, he's got something going on. His mother did not like him, and you can tell. And his father probably barely liked him. But you, but you can tell that that guy has some, has some issues. Somebody wronged him down the line, and he's taking it out on everybody. And somebody asked, well, can he, can he afford bail, or can he afford it? Yeah, well, I guess Stormy Daniels is going to have to strip more. When he was on with Tucker Carlson, he was talking about Stormy Daniels, and he was, and Tucker was going, dude, your client who obviously you're taking money from, why is she having to strip for money? Now I I, I can answer that because uh, I don't know I don't know a lot about the porn industry, but I think porn stars that's kind of how they it's kind of like their concert, you know, like when uh, when a band puts out an LP, they go out and they go and perform and do their concerts and things like that, and you see them live. I think that porn stars do that as a promotion of their movies or their careers, and that's kind of how things work. I don't think it's like your typical kind of stripper story. But nonetheless, it is interesting how she still kind of has to do that because and, – and Evan Eddy's you know, deciding he might run for president now. The man who styled himself – I love this too. This is uh, coming from uh, the folks over at Hot Air. The man who styled himself as a champion for abused women has been arrested by the LAPD on suspicion of domestic violence. Uh, BuzzFeed is confirming uh, confirming the arrest. It was first reported by TMZ. Evanetti, apparently, and this was as of 7 last night, so I don't know what his situation is right now. He's probably out. But... He uh, was being detained while he gives a statement to the police. He was arrested for a complaint uh, that was filed yesterday. A- according to TMZ, the initially, uh, law enforcement sources pointed out that Avenetti's estranged wife had a swollen and bruised face. And... Uh, and apparently it's not now Avenetti's estranged wife. So keep in mind, this is coming from TMZ, and they're getting a lot of things wrong initially. So just, you know, kind of, again, we're giving, let's listen to us. Look at us getting, giving Avenetti the, the kind of uh, grace that he gives no one and never gave Kavanaugh, that's for sure. But we're going to assume he's, uh, we're going to assume he's innocent until he's proven guilty. What a concept, huh? Apparently this issue involved a, uh, a different woman. Avenetti's wife says via her attorney she did not make domestic violence claims against uh, Avenetti. Says the report is false. Avenetti's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but in a statement to BuzzFeed, attorneys for his wife refuted reports on TMZ that the alleged incident involved her. In any case, TMZ has a witness who saw Avenetti and the unidentified woman shouting at an L.A. apartment complex. 
And on Wednesday's confrontation, uh, apparently the woman ran out of the apartment building and was on the sidewalk on her cell phone with sunglasses covering her eyes, screaming on the phone saying, I can't believe you did this to me. We're told uh, that security brought her inside the building. Michael showed up five minutes later, ran into the building chasing after her. He rep- Sorry. Excuse me. He uh, screamed repeatedly, she hit me first. This is BS. This is effing BS. Uh, so, Avenetti was arrested. There's no doubt about it. That doesn't mean he's guilty. Good morning this morning, John. That doesn't mean he's guilty. And so we are giving him all the benefit of the doubt. Isn't it nice how we're giving Michael Avenetti all the benefit of the doubt when this creep gives seemingly no one the benefit of the doubt? We're going to give it to him anyway. Uh, he hasn't been charged yet. As as of, this is about uh, 7 o'clock or whatever. He hasn't been charged yet. And if if it's true that, that he did this, then, of course, it's terrible because, uh, you know, and, and one of the things that I would like to see happen in this country, I mean, cause, because right now there's, there's basically a, a story out there about how the, uh, the news broke at about 5.45 Eastern time. So that was well within the realm of uh, of reportable things on the cable news outlets. And it broke on TMZ first. And, uh, and although, yeah, but TMZ, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can't really, you know, you can't count on them. Well, no, because TMZ reports something that's negative to a Republican, and their asses are all over it in the mainstream media. So, you know, I mean, but so they, so if he's arrested, if a, if a person is arrested, like Michael Avenetti, keep in mind he's a very prominent attorney. He's been a central figure in the Kavanaugh case. He is a leading advocate for abused women, as he points out, and he's a possible candidate for president. Uh, in 2020 and has said that. So at that point, an arrest, I would think, does become news. You would, you would assume that that actually would be a newsworthy event. Now, wh- whether he's innocent before being proven guilty or not, you would s- assume that at some point they would probably uh, perhaps report the story. But they kind of downplayed it uh, in most of the news. Breaking news this hour on Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for Stormy Daniels. NBC is reporting that Mr. Avenatti has been arrested for a domestic violence charge. That's breaking right now. And MSNBC will bring you updates as MSNBC. So what we know right now is that Michael Avenatti has been arrested for domestic violence. He is under arrest for felony domestic violence and is currently being booked. Uh, According to the LAPD, uh, the domestic violence report was taken yesterday in West Los Angeles and the arrest was made today. Now, just to clarify. CNN, who 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 gave Avenatti 
unlimited time on their on their network. Unlimited time. I think I was calling him Avenetti, but it's Avenatti. But why do I have to be accurate when he isn't? I guess I still should be, but sorry, Michael. Got your name wrong. Uh, I could I could just say Michael the gang rape carnival barker, but I'm not going to do that because that's not true. So I'm, again, giving Michael Avenatti all the benefit of the doubt in the and world. This is important. Uh, TMZ originally reported that this incident involved his estranged wife. Uh, he is currently in the process of getting divorced. Uh, TMZ then subsequently changed that story to say uh, just a woman, not the wife. And we actually spoke with uh, Michael Avenatti's wife uh, earlier this evening when this story was breaking. Uh, this is Lisa Story Avenatti. And when I spoke with her on the phone, she said that she actually hasn't seen Michael Avenatti in three months. That she was not at his apartment. And she also said that he is somebody who wouldn't ever hit anyone. Now, uh, his wife's uh, lawyer actually proceeded to put out a statement as well just to clarify uh, that this article pertaining to their client is not true, uh, that she was not subject to any incident on Tuesday night, and that she was never at Michael Avenatti's apartment. Uh, also, just a key sentence here from that statement, uh, my client states that there has never been domestic violence in her relationship with Michael and that she has never known Michael to be physically violent toward anyone. Yeah, well, they, they certainly were bending over backwards to try to water down any possibility that this domestic abuse charge was true. And again, that's good. I, I think that that is the way news should be reported, that it should be reported as if you are kind of arguing with yourself, so to speak, in terms of presenting alternative viewpoints or things that, you know, when I was an investigative reporter, uh, one of the things you, you make sure you do is always present or cover parts of a story that might be in conflict with what you're finding so that you're not kind of off to the races and making your own decision about the veracity of a story or the veracity of whatever your investigation is turning up. So, yeah, CNN is reporting the story on Avenatti correctly and slowly, which is interesting considering they didn't do that when there were smears brought to CNN by Avenatti against Brett Kavanaugh when Julie Swetnick, who was his client, they they went right to the news. In fact, uh, it was on September 26th at 11.44 Eastern time that CNN interrupted a segment on trade to spread the news about this alleged gang rape deal involving Kavanaugh. Uh, and uh, they spent then another 30 minutes on it when the show Inside Politics began. So on that same day, CNN.com had 12 articles mentioning Swetnick. And, and as of right now, CNN.com has all of one article on the charges against Avenatti. So, so what I'm saying is that, yes, uh, they spent two minutes and 23 seconds on Avenatti's arrest. They only spent about a minute and one second 
on the seriousness of the charges, and then they, you know, spend another 20 seconds on how this could damage his plan to run for president and blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is here, CNN, in my opinion, is reporting the story just fine. But it's but it's not in any way similar to the way it reported the false charges against Kavanaugh. So CNN might be taking a lesson maybe from its reporting on, on Avenatti to come to the conclusion that, you know what, maybe things aren't always absolutely true, even if you wish them to be true. So there are a lot of people out there now hoping that Avenatti actually did beat somebody up, a woman up, because it would be perfect as a way of setting the record straight on what kind of guy he is and on the rampant hypocrisy surrounding the whole Me Too movement to begin with, but also on domestic abuse charges. But I'm not quite sure we're going we're gonna to get that kind of true religion that, that we ought to be getting here. Uh, and, and there's not going to be a whole lot of people pointing it out. They're just going to simply treat the story differently and then uh, get a uh, – getting in a situation where, you know, they actually tell the, uh, tell the story. And, and, and again, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that uh, I'm going to go ahead and cover the Avenatti story the way they should have covered the Kavanaugh story. And I'm going to presume innocence before guilt. I do want to take uh, – now, Robin uh, is on, and people are and, – and I'm not arguing with you, Robin. I'm not, I'm not trying to start a fight by any stretch, and there are different views of this. I don't believe that it ought to be the television news people's job, as they are standing outside along a highway or anything else, telling people to stay off the roads – unless you're a first responder. It's kind of like um, there are a lot of people out there who are dependent on people who are coming to them in the morning and spending money at their businesses. And I don't care where it's the gasoline station or the coffee shop or the donut shop or whatever. To me, it's – and again, Robin, this isn't against you, baby. I'm not trying to be argumentative, but but this has been kind of a hang-up of mine when it comes to weather reporting, I don't need some bubblehead on some TV station telling me to stay off the roads. Oftentimes they're not even, they're not even quoting some law enforcement source or whatever. They're just telling, they're, you know, uh, like meteorologists, like stay off the roads at all costs, please everybody. Unless there's something really urgent, please stay off the roads. It's like, no, you need to get out there and drive and keep commerce going and keep, life moving. And in fact, it's better for the roads when more people are driving on them, especially this kind of snow, because you're helping clear the snow. Just by the by the, the by the heat of your tires, you're actually helping the roads by driving around. And so uh the advice from individuals who are uh uh, well, Julie, you work at a school, so the, so the, are the Francis Howell schools not closed? I don't have a list of the school closings in front of me, but yeah, I mean, half the time they're telling you to stay off the roads. They're standing on the roads. 
these reporters and people. Remember, and they're also like not wearing a hat. Remember, wear your hat today. It's like, you're not wearing a hat. You telling me to wear a hat for, you know? The media, they're so, they always want to be so paternalistic in, in everybody's, uh, yeah, Modot said it. Well, yeah, you're right. Robin, again, I'm not arguing with you, baby. I'm, I'm really not. I, I appreciate your, your words, and, and, and I appreciate your caution to people, so I don't want to uh, uh, call you out. But I did want to mention your name because I didn't want to also act like I was being passive-aggressive and saying something and refuting something while you know you're the one who said it. So I'm just trying to say, you know, hey. So, uh, you know, MoDOT doesn't have any reason. I mean, I understand it's more convenient for their trucks and everything else to plow and stuff like that, but people have to get to work. People have to go to the donut shop and help the donut maker and and the coffee maker and the candlestick baker. You don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Commerce must continue. And in fact, it's better that. But MoDOT is an official thing. I know that stay off the roads unless it's absolutely necessary. It's like, yeah, but I get it. You know, you got to you gotta just get out there and, and help clear the roads. If I were MoDOT, I'd say, please help us clear the roads by driving on them. That's, that's how it works. The more people who are on 44, uh, the better off 44 is going to be. The more people on 40, the better off 40 is going to be. Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, that, that's just kind of what they, they, uh, they're saying out there. So anyway, we'll follow up on the Avenatti story. I'm not going to spend all morning on Avenatti. I'm going to, I'm going to give Avenatti the benefit of the doubt that Avenatti and the other news media didn't give Kavanaugh where they did spend all morning on it. But as a measure and, and Newsbusters does a good job covering these kinds of things with, with the kind of, uh, detail that we want and it's like okay great so the story broke at 5 45 eastern time on avenatti it broke on tmz and news organizations can no longer say yeah but that's tmz because they report things from tmz and national Enquirer at the drop of a hat so so those days are gone when TMZ no longer is a legit source if tmz reported that that brett kavanaugh was drinking a beer on a street corner, you're damn right that the news media would be all over it. So that's no longer an excuse. And, oh, it's just TMZ. No, TMZ is, uh, is, is, is a source like every, anybody else, and these news organizations use TMZ all of the time. So, you know, let's, let's, not, uh, let's not fool ourselves here. So anyway... The story breaks at 5.45 Eastern time on TMZ, and it takes the folks at CNN who actually have Avenetti on incessantly. It takes CNN two hours to report the story, two hours, which means that what they did was they went around and made sure and, and gave, gave Avenatti all the benefit of the doubt in the world in trying to flesh it out. They even apparently, before they reported the story at 7.45, two hours later, they by then they'd already talked to his wife, his estranged wife. So they did all their due diligence before they even went on the air. So they gave Avenatti, as Tucker Carlson calls him, the creepy porn lawyer, 
They gave him a lot more benefit of the doubt than they gave Kavanaugh because, as pointed out, on the 26th of September, they interrupted programming to report on Kavanaugh and and the charges, not by Christine Ford, not by the others, but by but by Swetnick, who was the very least credible person in the entire Kavanaugh story. The one that the, the, the gang rape, mythical gang rape person. So again, lessons learned about how the media operates when it basically is one of their own and how they operate when they just simply hate Republicans and hate Brett Kavanaugh and hate the others. That's pretty much how it all works. But did, am I telling you all anything new as opposed to, uh, you know, in terms of how the media operates and everybody else? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, ben Murphy's here. Arrive with some hot coffee, and that's awesome, too. Uh, we'll tell you more. I'm going to get to our national anthem and a few other things. And we're going to come back and talk about, oh, you should hear what Nancy Pelosi said to Al Sharpton. She's pulling out all the stops be- to become House Speaker, and uh, she's going hog wild. Also, justice reform, criminal justice reform. And the president uh, yesterday, I think, uh, actually hit one out of the park in starting to chip away at these federal minimum sentencing standards, which uh, actually is a really good thing. The minimum sentencing standards really was very anti-liberty, and I agree with the president and agree with Democrats who have said that's a bad idea in terms of, of having them, and let's go ahead and wipe them away. Again, Obama, Clinton, none of these guys, and in fact, Clinton's crime bill is kind of what set all this stuff in motion. Uh, you know, the, you know, the first black president was probably worse for black criminal justice than anybody on the planet. But we'll get to that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. 
This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, it's Radio Free Almond, people. Thanks to, to uh, Rick Pogue and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the gang for their support of the Radio Free Almond product. Thank you also to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855, quote me. Five, five, quote me. Low premiums and low deductibles. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're having a happy holiday season. As you get out there and get your Christmas shopping done. Oh, yeah, people. Don't be late. Stores are open. Keep commerce moving. Get your butts out there on the roads. Help it out. Yeah, you don't want to get out on those roads this morning if you don't have to. Come on, it's Ben. Me- Listen, it's a mess out there. I know it is. Six inches in the driveway this morning. And after my lovely bride, Betsy. Talk into that microphone, brother. After the lovely Betsy, my bride, yeah. made me breakfast this morning. And I wanted to rush to get in here to help you out this morning. I did not shovel the driveway. I just rolled out and left her, left her to fend for herself. I feel horrible. Oh, uh, love it, man. Maybe I should call somebody and have them go by and, and dig her out so that uh, she can get out and do her thing this morning. I was just telling people that uh, the, actually the roads aren't really too bad. I mean, it's coming from somebody driving a four-wheel drive vehicle, but they, they really are. It's kind of a slushy snow. Like, you didn't, like, for instance, this morning, you don't have to scrape your windshield. You can just put the wipers on and the snow comes off. If you say so, Jamie. Did you have to scrape your windshield? I, I took a push broom <laughs> and, and ran it across the front, but I put one of those things on last night to, to save me. But yeah, it's slushy. Oh, you did, yeah. You know, it's going to be a disaster out there this morning. <laughs> I've got, uh, you know, normally I'd start at about 7 o'clock over at McClay Sign, uh, and I've got co-workers that they're, they're not going to be in until noon because they, they have trouble getting in sometimes when there's no snow. So we're going to see how things go this morning. i got to tell you, man. The when it comes to what's going on out there, one of the things I will tell you that there's a little secret in the radio business is that uh, we like this kind of weather uh, because a couple things happen. First of all, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but we like to have people trapped in their cars for Absolutely. an extended period of time. Everybody's tuned in, man. Everybody's tuned That's in. That's right. Your, your your time spent listening is uh, is uh, longer, and so it, it becomes kind of a thing. Jamie, I just realized I'm looking at your uh, one of your 15 Emmys. Yeah, 
sitting here. I've never seen one this close. That's something else. Huh? Look at you, man. You can wow. touch it if you want to. I, I was getting ready to. <laughs> Hey, oh, that's Julie. A, that's, a real, that's a real McCoy. That oh, yeah, thing's man. heavy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Heck, yeah, man. It's hardware. Wow. <laughs> that's really nice. I like it. Debbie says, is, says that people are, uh, it's snowing because people are decorating for Christmas too early. I actually did see Christmas lights up last week uh, outside of a city hall, I think, in Ladue. But. You know, I know I'm here to talk about politics, but, you know, my lovely bride of 41 years... Wow. 41 years, 41 years? Same woman. Unbelievable woman. Look at you. Jamie, we have three total so far Christmas trees decorated in our home as we speak. Oh, so you're already decorated with Christmas trees? Oh, the decorations will go on and we will add to the decorations for days and and weeks, actually. Uh, Looking forward to some good weather one weekend here, maybe this weekend, and get the exterior decor up. That's pretty cool. I mean, you're not you're not you know you're not the first person I've talked to who puts their Christmas tree up like right now. Three Christmas trees. Yeah, we'll have a total of five before it's over with. Well, look at you guys. Well, my wife loves Christmas. Uh, we've been watching Hallmark <laughs> Christmas Channel business for a couple of weeks now. I love it. And she is so busy with the tour business through the holidays that if we don't decorate now. There, you know, it's oh, not going right. to be done. It's right. one of those kind of deals. Now, so. when you say tour business, so you and your wife actually do uh, international well, tours even sometime, right? Yeah, we do uh, group cruises. Uh, the mainstay of the business are uh, local one-day bus trips. So she'll load a bus with 50, uh, 50 people, and they'll go to the Fox and see a show and go to lunch or, or a dinner deal and uh, a couple of those a month. And then a few overnight trips, uh, bus tours during the year. But then one or two times a year, we'll do a big, uh, a big international trip. Uh, next June will be um, Mediterranean, Greece and Italy. Wow, and nice! It'll be our second trip on that one. Multiple uh, Hawaii and Alaska tours. So luckily, uh, we've been able to see the world as as young people yeah. versus where you know typically the people that have the time and the money to do this kind of travel, um, they're retired. Right. And I advise everyone to see the world while you're young because to a person, the seniors that we take all over the world will tell us, gosh, this is fantastic. I just wish I would have done it when I was younger. Right, right. So where do you go in Italy? Do you know yet? Uh, uh, I haven't seen the itinerary. Right. That's, uh, that's on Betsy. But, we'll, uh, you know, and I remember watching some of your live uh, podcasting yeah. from uh, the Leaning Tower specifically. Now, we've been there. That'll be on the trip again. Um, the Leaning Tower is interesting. It Rome, actually looks like we'll a see the Vatican, of course, sure. to do the Walled City and all that business. I uh, the whole coastal Italy is beautiful too, man. I mean, it's a the Amalfi Coast, the Amalfi Coast, and yeah. Cinque Terre. Don't know about that one. It's those little like five one. little uh, hill hill villages uh, that are on the side there, and uh, and it's the um, the um, oh gosh, now I can't remember what the sea is, but it's beautiful. And they're up there, and, and all you see are these, every single community, you see these forts. Because back in those days, people didn't leave each other alone. It's like every time you turned around, somebody's <laughs> trying to invade your town, or pirates were coming, or whatever. It was just kind of crazy. So back, so they, every town had its own little fortress, you know, where they could, they could peek out and find out who's coming to try to take them over, you know. 
if they could make it to the coastline because it's uh, the, the water is crazy over there. But anyway, it was it was a, it was it's a beautiful area there. Europe is amazing, and I know I was kind of a, a Euro snob uh, before I had my first yeah. trip over there a decade. But once you get over there and you see the history, I am concerned that. Uh, uh, Europe in general is being uh, destroyed by the likes of Angela Merkel. Oh, yeah. Uh, in allowing unfettered migration. It's an invasion. Let's call it what it is. It's what, it's what you know, we've got coming here, if we're not careful, down on that uh, southern border. So, uh, yeah, that's disturbing, but uh, Europe's been around a long time. I think they'll prevail. They just need to, um, they need to elect a few more uh, American or uh, Nationalists, if you will. Well, you know what they do? They need to adopt. You just mentioned Greece and Italy. They need to adopt the Greece and Italy form of nationalism because I'll tell you what, the Italians, man, they love their country. Absolutely. And they are, they are nationalistic. And I guarantee you, does it, does, let's just take three countries, okay, in Western Europe Italy, Germany, and France. Who has the, Violent immigrant, illegal immigrant, migrant, whatever you want to call them, problem. Which which one of those countries has it? Which one doesn't? And I, I'll just answer the question for you. Italy doesn't. Germany, France, and Italy in that order. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and in Italy, there's there, there may be a few of them that kind of pop into Sicily, but that's about it. The, the, the Italy does not have a ha, have a migrant problem because Italy has made it pretty clear. And, and and their new president, by the way, is reflective of that. Italy has made it pretty clear that they're not putting up with that for a second. Oh, and absolutely. so, uh, and but the other countries have because they're so. Really, what it is, and Ben, I talked about this uh, a couple days ago when Macron was going on his tirade about uh, the the situation and, and and talk about nationalism. And really, the problem with Europe, especially France and Germany, is they've had a bad experience with nationalism, and they equate it with fascism. So you go over to Germany, and and there, and every tour you go on, they they apologize for the Holocaust the first ten seconds of it because they're still so so pinched by that. And I get it, I understand it, but but just because nationalism didn't work out for you, and you had Hitler overseeing it. And then that's not our fault. That's not the nationalism. We're we're not killing six million Jews on behalf of nationalism like your boy did. So don't don't bother us with your your hangups. Yeah, they're still uh, they're very still hung up on that, and it's you know that's in their history. That's not their the people that are running that country, the citizens of Germany. They're not the people who ran that that whole Nazi operation. Yeah. Right. So there may be there's some descendants, but they weren't in on it. It's a shame. Yeah, it, it, it is a shame, and 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 unfortunately, France though was was never appropriately nationalistic. Uh, just look at the Book of War Heroes, and and and, and it's one page long. It, they they would they would they would give up. They would surrender to pretty much everybody and anybody over in France. So it doesn't surprise me that Macron and I, I actually like France. I mean, I like the people of France. Uh, I've been to southern France. I've been to Paris. People are fine there. Uh, Paris Italians are the best. In, in my opinion, in terms of Western European countries, I still think Italians are the primo. But nonetheless, uh, or, you know, Father Tom mentioned Poland or Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe's the same way. Poland doesn't have a migrant problem. No, they don't. And, uh, you know, that's, um, 
they're more and more like uh, they've adopted the uh, the nationalism. They're very proud. The Polish people are, and they're not going to stand for what uh, the rest of Europe is is putting up with. Apparently, right? They're not right. going to stand for it. Well, and Lisa's trying to say, "Don't let that define current Germans." No, that's exactly what I'm exactly. saying. Is is, is 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 I'm not letting it define current Germans. Unfortunately, what Angela Merkel is doing is she she's letting it define current Germans because it's 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 the the Nazi Germany. And the fear of recreating it is a primary force behind their open borders policy. It all ties in. And, yeah. and in fact, a long time ago, I was reading an article, and I, I told you guys about this. This was probably 20 years ago. I was reading an article about how, what, how Islamic fundamentalists, militant Islam, how they pick and choose where they go. And they'll always go to cultures that are weakened. They'll go to cultures that have weakened themselves. It's kind of like fungus that wanders into a tree. When there's a hole in the tree or the tree is compromised in any way, the fungus takes over and eventually eats away at the tree and topples it over. Militant Islam operates the same way. There's a reason why, aside from the fact that Angela Merkel is letting him, there's a reason why they choose to go to countries that have watered down their religions. Germany is a great example that nobody goes to church in Germany anymore. They've watered down their institutions uh, because of their of what happened to them in the 40s. They've, they went the exact opposite way. And I understand that. I get it. But what happened is they have become more and more secularized. They don't have really any nationalistic tendencies. And that's when you get militant Islam at its best, they'll go ahead and they'll choose you right away. Oh, absolutely. Look at Detroit. Yes. As an example. Yes. You know, they knew that was the city they were going to take 20 years ago. That was that was the weak link, uh, the decline of Detroit, and they moved right in. Right. Oh, and mi- all over Michigan. Dearborn. Well, all of Michigan, You too. know, it's crazy. Oh, by the way, one quick thing about you. Uh, uh, Jeff was asking about the drive-in. Uh, I'll just double back here. The drive-in was fine. The, the, the highways are, it's a slushy kind of rain or uh, snow. It'll drive people nuts this morning, as you point out on the, uh, on the, uh, okay. uh, on the roads. The It'll be crazy. Are, the highways are fine, according to Jamie Allman, who has a four-wheel drive vehicle, who <laughs> lives uh, probably, cl- listen, coming in from Chesterfield, be careful out there. Both on, uh, you know, and coming in from St. Charles on 70 yeah. or 64, either one. 70 particularly. You're going to hear all the stories here in the next hour. Well, when things go down to two lane on 70, uh, yeah. and I've experienced that uh, recently, uh, when things go down to two lanes on 70 and you've got bad weather, it is potentially hazardous because it's your way the hell out there, like around Wright City and those places. And uh, you're, it's, you know, and, and at that point, too, then you have higher winds and those kinds of things, and it's getting a little more icy out there, but just be careful. And I have to. Uh, Look at the map, though. I, I was showing people a map earlier, Ben, of the of the United States and the wind chill. Look at this map here. There's not a area of the United States except for way south Florida and way way southern California. But even then, you go to San Diego, it's 38 degrees wind chill there right wow. now. You you can't find a an area of the United States right now except for south south Florida. 
that is above 40 degrees. And that's that's wind where, chill. Julie, where Julie Matthews is headed for a beach. And she said she was going to a yeah, beach. Yeah, right. well, you better get far south there, Julie. And she, Julie says she's only got five people at work. I don't know how, out of how many that is. She said it was scary out there getting in wherever she's headed. Well, Julie is in administration there at the, uh, the Francis Howell School District. So I'm assuming the schools are closed, but all the big wigs have to kind of. So, oh yeah, have to show up. It's a work day. I don't know whether the schools are closed or not, but but uh, I, I I don't know. I, I remember the days though, and you you and I are in that realm where we turn on KMOX. And oh you, yeah, you'd want to hear, you'd want you'd want to win the lottery. It's like waiting <laughs> for your lottery number to show up. They they'd scroll them at night, you know, on channel thirty. They just scroll one, you know, one after yeah. another, and you yeah. see, oh, are we on there yet? Are we on there yet? Let me tell you, though, really quickly, because I know you're, you were on your way into McClay Sign Company, uh, which is uh, right on Grabway, correct? Is yeah. it on Grabway? Okay. Right next to Hodax. The, yeah, uh, that's landmark. Oh, Hodax. Oh, man. Oh, man. They're chicken. Come you're on. eating chicken. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's the place to go. But uh, I, I have to tell you, I, I, I had an experience with your people. And although this is, this is a McClay sign, the Radio Free Almond banner is a McClay a sign. All right. And so I, though, did a similar thing with this fabric for my mom's birthday. So I had about 10 different, uh, you know, 10 or 11 different pictures that I wanted to either put in a fabric mode or I wanted to blow up and have a nice little hard backing on them so I could set them around the house for my mom's 90th birthday party, which we hosted. And so I was privileged to do that, but I wanted to kind of do it up. So I had I had pictures of my mom when she was a baby. I had pictures of her grandmother, Lizzie. Who my, was in the World War One outfit? Was that your grandfather? That's my grandfather, wow. yeah. that was cool. Yeah, Paul. He was in the, you know, he was in the, uh, he was in the Coastal Artillery. So that was back in World War One. That was when they had people here who were defending the coast, man. When we thought that maybe they'd be rolling Hell up on yeah. us. Hell <laughs> yeah. World War One. yeah. I mean, he, he was in the coastal artillery. He was a second lieutenant in the coastal artillery. And so, uh, good guy. But yeah, it, so that one. And then I had, of course, this beautiful picture of uh, my, my great-grandma Lizzie, who I just adore. A little five-foot-tall Lizzie. And she and she died early, poor thing, in her fifties, and she was a little she was young to die, but I think she was oh, actually fifty. But anyway, she was a quilter like my mother, like my grandmother, like Lizzie's mom, my great great grandmother. I don't have I didn't have a picture of Annie, but anyway, I had the pictures all around, and I even found a picture of my grandparents with with the glasses raised. That my and it was a photo actually my mom had never seen. Wow. And, but anyway, I had them kind of, when you walk in the door, that's the picture you saw. It was almost like her parents were toasting her 90th birthday. So anyway, the task was, I had these, some of these were really tiny pictures. Some of them were kind of like partly, you know, uh, you know, they just weren't high quality necessarily. Uh, so I had the three baby girly pictures uh, done in fabric. And then the other ones, and I'll be darned if Aaron, it's Aaron, right? Yeah, Aaron's Aaron, our graphic graphic designer, and so if you're calling, and thanks so much for the plug for oh, buddy. McClay, because when I roll in late, because I stopped here, I wanted to lie to the, Steve McClay, the boss, I wanted to lie to him and say, yeah, you know, the roads were terrible, uh, <laughs> which he wouldn't believe coming from me, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll let him know that uh, you gave him the good word, and if you're calling in, it's McClay's sign, talk to Aaron. Uh, normally, our work is in, is commercial work. Yeah, uh, commercial real estate signage, 
uh, large format digital banners, uh, and much of uh, the type of work that you had done, blowing up uh, photographs, putting them on foam board. We do a lot of special event business, and uh, Steve mcclay has been in business for Forty years, anyway, in St. Louis. I didn't know actually. I did. It was a long shot in me doing the 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 smaller pictures, the smaller work, and so I didn't know that you guys actually did that, which is good news for people. Because I, I will give you an example. Some of these pictures, when they were blown up, there was not one ounce of difference in the clarity of the picture. I mean, I'm talking about. I had a postage. Well, it wasn't postage, but it was like a baseball card size picture of my grandfather that was blown up that looked there wasn't one ounce of blurriness or anything and it was big it wound up big <laughs> and actually it looked beautiful I could I was like how do you get the quality here I've done this before a while back when I did a similar get up for Aiden and his birthday once and had some pictures of him so and I went through Kinkos or FedEx or whatever you know you'd mail the picture in and they blow it up and I'm telling you, everything was blurry oh, yeah. and just, you know, so the quality was unbelievable. And uh, and even though I I, th- I think I got a little bit of a discount, thanks to McClay and, and you. I and don't know else. why. You're, but, you know, I don't know why they would have done that. <laughs> I told them you're loaded and, and hit you full blast. <laughs> but I didn't get, I, but, but, but in the end, I, what I'm saying is it's really very much a price performer. So if you guys are interested, in, if you're doing any any kind of retirement party or any just kind of fun thing, and you can do anything. I mean, yeah, you guys can uh, do anything. That's really nice of you. I yeah, buddy. I mean, I loved it. I mean, and it was beautiful. And people were marveling about it and just, you know, crazy. So I told them them it was McClay Saints. And, that, that's, and that's when you work with people who do commercial work. You're also then, when you're doing kind of domestic personal work, you're getting the quality getting that, commercial that they commit. Quality. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and that's pretty cool. And this banner, man, is is beautiful. It's a fabric banner. And I, I was, you will be proud of me, though, when I got the fabric uh, pictures of my mom. I went and I... I Did you have those uh, stretched? I made the frames. Wow. Uh, I went to Art Mart and got, uh, the, yeah. and got the frames to put together. So I made the frames and I stretched those babies I over was concerned who was going to, you know, I, I know I was concerned, you know, if you've never done that before, it's... Jim, uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't cool. probably, it wasn't perfect and I wasn't selling them, so I was just confused. I did <laughs> yeah, what I could, but it wasn't like the most perfect job, but nonetheless, it was, uh, it was uh, fantastic. Well, much thanks for talking about McClay a little bit there, but you know, you wanted me to come in and talk about politics. I know. You know, I love talking politics and there's so much going on. You know, the whole national scene with this slow-motion theft in Georgia and uh, Florida, that's one thing. We've got it going on here in Missouri with the uh, determination by the chair of the Republican uh, Party chairman of Missouri, Todd Graves, has decided not to uh, continue on for another term as chairman. And so in January, the governor is going to come up with uh, someone to uh, chair the party. Right. And as you know, uh, yesterday, and you had uh, Sonny Wilson call in. Yes. Sonny was recommended to the governor's office, the first recommendation in to the governor's office by Renee Artman, who chairs the St. Louis County Republican Central Committee. She's recommended Sonny for chairman and Paul Kurtman for executive director. Love it. Now, the governor won't be appointing the executive director, but Sonny, has, uh, that, that'll be more of a function of a, uh, an election, if you will, of the, uh, the state committee members. But, you know, Sonny is, <clears throat> I talked to him 
He's already talked to Paul Kurtman. The two of them couldn't be more perfect. Absolutely. For, this, for, for, for what they do. Uh, the chairman, and I don't know, I've never held the position, but I understand it's more of a, uh, this is the, the guy running the business end of the party in Missouri, fundraising. Yeah. Uh, and shaking it up like that, ribbon cutting and such. But then Paul Kurtman, being the, the true head of the party, from a grassroots conservative standpoint, um, there's not a better guy. And he would get my 100% support. Well, and keep in mind, I asked people the other day if you could even name the head of the Republican Party. And to me, the fact that you can't is a problem. Yes. And, and, and that's why I think people like Paul Kurtman and Sonny would actually change the dynamic of the role of the Republican Party in terms of not just doing what you just talked about, but also doing – trying to be – let's put it this way. When you, when you have a Missouri Republican Party – booth at the state fair oh boy you won't see donald trump's name erased from the presence at the booth okay that that's something you won't get so you're going to get a party that is not only committed to uh president trump's agenda but also committed to grassroots conservative ideals and 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 these two guys uh who have great personalities and uh you know i i was i was a big supporter of paul during the during the auditor's race, uh, because I mean, he's a friend of mine, and so I was, I was helping him out. And I had Sandra on, too, though. Yeah. Uh, and, but and, but uh, you also, I think, if you had a Missouri State Republican Party that was responsible and reflective of the, uh, uh, of the will of the grassroots and the people who elected Donald Trump, you would have had an auditor named Sandra McDowell. 100%. That would have happened. Yes. You know, the, the state party uh, – and I – you know, the state party is made up by a lot of great people. A lot of people that have spent, in many cases, much of their life yes. working for conservative ideals. Yet, it seems that just like at a, on a national level, we get these, we are given these choices which aren't much of a choice, and it's like, who's going to lead the party? It should be obvious who's going to lead the party. But we get, you know, we're waiting with bated breath. You know, who's the, who's the government? So that's why Sonny is busy lobbying as we speak across the state. Uh, and I would encourage anyone who's listening that uh, would like to call the governor's office and say that, you know, we're, we're looking for a leader of the party, a leader of the people. Right. And, a, and, and somebody who respects the people in the committees of the counties across the state who work so hard. And when it comes to a big decision, this blunder that the state pulled, that the state party, and the leadership specifically. Right. And we'll lay that at the feet of Ray Bozarth, yeah. the executive director, because, uh, you know, Todd didn't have anything to say about that publicly that I know of. But, uh, you know, it's a great time for Mr. Graves to be moving along. I think Ray Bozarth days are numbered as well. But we need the party of Trump to be represented right. at this level. And that's what Sonny and Paul Kurtman can bring to the party in Missouri. You know, we can't, we can't afford another blunder the way they blundered the primary. Now, thank God Donald Trump was able to drag Josh Hawley across the finish line. Right, right. Because that's why that happened. Make no mistake about it. No doubt about you it. Know, let no, and nobody's kidding themselves. That's why Josh Hawley is our newest senator from Missouri. No doubt. Thank goodness. Well, and also, though, Ben, he's also our newest senator from Missouri, Ironically, 
because of the very people who actually were betrayed by the state Republican Party early on during the primary when they decided arbitrarily to uh, set aside the rule, uh, Rule 11, right? Yes. And go for Hawley in spite of the fact that there were plenty of other people out there in the primary. And so, uh, so what happened is that people like America First Missouri, people like Ben, and I, I just listed everybody, you know, Renee, Annette, Diane, uh, and Sonny. Uh, and in fact, I noticed this on Facebook. It was a couple of weeks before the election. And, and this is what true leadership is, though. You don't take your ball and go home. No. And you no. don't get pissed off and just say, we're not going to play this anymore or we're not going to support Josh Hawley because of what you all did. No. You go the opposite direction and you f- keep your eye on the prize and what's going on. And so what you guys did in the grassroots and what America First Missouri did, and I'll be darned if I didn't see on Facebook a picture of Sonny and Josh Hawley together. And I even wrote on the I even wrote on the uh, – uh, on the because uh, I didn't vote for Josh Hawley in the primary. With Tim Drury and Josh. Yeah, and, and I, wrote, I wrote on there. I said, "Listen, <laughs> I said, buddy, this is a great example of how uh, we can depend on the grassroots of Missouri and, and and America First Missouri and all the people involved in that to do what's right, even though it's not necessarily uh, painless, but to do what's right in the end." And so that's true leadership, and that's a great example of how Sonny Wilson. With your all of your help too, can not only represent the people who are in the grassroots, but also represent the people who are in the establishment. I mean, because they have just as an interest, in, and, we, and we don't we don't believe that people, as you point out, the people on the committee and that kind of thing, they're all good people. They might not have even voted for Trump in the primary, but but that doesn't mean we shove everybody to the curb. And but but we also don't expect that the grassroots will be Absolutely. shoved to the curb either. You know, uh, before. The Trump before Trump movement rose up, you know, beginning in the summer of fifteen. The people we typically call the establishment, and all all that really is, uh, you know, are people who have been elected to positions, and and currently serve. Uh, they're established Republicans, but those are the people who who gave us a majority in the Missouri State House, both houses, as well as delivered uh, Eric Greitens. Right now, we certainly hit a bump in the road when certain Republicans uh, decided to stab him in the back, right? And then and then work for his demise. Those are the kind of Republicans that we need to get rid of, folks. Those are the that's the draining of the swamp that needs <laughs> to happen here in Missouri and under the leadership of Sonny Wilson and Paul Kurtman. A lot of those type of Republicans who don't know how to be team players, they're going to go away. Right, I, I, I'm with you on that, and I, and I think that at some point. You know that's where we need to see the real the real switch and the real turnaround. And I do believe the Republican Party can actually be a lot stronger in Missouri with better leadership. And and it, and it does matter. The leadership of the Republican Party does matter. And and so I'm glad to see you guys hopefully going to be a little more in the driver's seat than than uh, than you were before. Let me give you an example of what happens when you have the. Uh, when you have the Republican Party and, and the support that we see uh, um, among individuals who are looking for a, a true, uh, let's say, uh, conservative uh, agenda. And, and you noticed yesterday that President Trump uh, rolled out sweeping prison reform. And keep in mind that 
I'll give you an example. Like Eric Schmidt, who was just appointed the uh, attorney general, which was, I think, good news. Because Eric has been able to uh, be a Republican politician who has been able to balance both ends of the spectrum. He's also he's been a uh, he's well regarded in the establishment community, but he's also done things that the grassroots of the conservative movement supports too. One of them, and Paul Kurtman was a leader in this as well, is um, criminal justice reform and other things that, that that basically are a little more that skew a little more libertarian but nonetheless are principled in the Constitution. So there's something the Tea Party would support and those kinds of things. So uh, that that hasn't happened even under Obama or anything else that we've got to a point where there's been some meaningful criminal justice reform in this country. And in in particular, for instance, the rollback of the, uh, the minimum uh, mandatory sentences. Let me just be the most sweeping prison reform agreement in decades, and if it passes, one of the biggest bipartisan laws of his administration. This is Donald Trump, people. This is the guy who Democrats have attacked as some kind of megalomaniac, uh, authoritarian, this and this and this, and he's done something that not even Obama could achieve, and that is get meaningful bipartisan support. And the reason for that is, is because Republicans in the past haven't supported it. Because they weren't conservatives, they were Republicans. Now we have a person, and, and I'll make this argument all day long, that is a lot more conservative than, and I'm talking about President Trump, on paper, a lot more conservative when it comes to trade, when it comes to our economy. Because believe me, the GOP, they couldn't pull any of this off before. They couldn't pull off any kind of uh, border enforcement uh, or tax reform or reform of our trade agreements. They couldn't pull this off because they were Republicrats, not conservatives. So President Trump comes in and suddenly can coalesce the Republicans to, to pass this and, and some Democrats to pass this as well. And finally get actually a pretty big deal that even NBC Americans can't Americans from across attack. the political spectrum can unite around prison reform legislation that will reduce crime while giving our fellow citizens a chance at redemption. The deal would loosen restrictions on certain federal mandatory minimum sentences. Mandatory minimum sentences are completely anti-liberty. And they were because of Bill Clinton. And remember the Bill Clinton crime bill? Three strikes. Oh, yeah. All that. You know, none of that is congruent with any constitutional principles whatsoever. It feels good. It felt good because – but yet it was another example of these uh, liberals who uh, will do anything to kind of pretend that they're doing a uh, – Uh, doing something meaningful for crime when, in fact, they're just making it worse. So our first black president, Bill Clinton, was probably the worst for black criminal justice than any president before him or after him. And so uh, his wife considered uh, considered uh, African-Americans super predators. I think that was the (laughs) term she used. I mean, so with that mindset, you can only imagine, you know, I've got mixed feelings about uh, prison reform. Yeah. Yeah. Criminal justice reform, because. What's going on out there and how close this statistic is to reality, I'm not sure, but you might have heard it as well. Forty percent of the inmates in our federal prison system are illegal aliens. Right. Now, I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding that because why wouldn't you 
pack them up in a bus and drive them to the, the suspect border and say sayonara. Yes. See you later. Right. Get off the bus. You come back. I got something even more special for you. So that's where this has got to go, Jamie. But these prisons are, in many cases, prisons for profit. Now, we don't play oh, yeah. prisons for profit in Missouri. Right, right. There's such thing here at Missouri State Prisons for profit. Right. But follow the money, Jamie. Always follow the money, and it gets more complicated. Well, you know, it is true. It is, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a prison industry out there. Yes, um, that is uh, pretty intense and and pretty active, and in other areas, and what communities do is that they they want some kind of industry so badly, they'll do anything to get a prison in their communities because it it it, it provides employment, all that kind of stuff. But again, to your point, though, criminal, yeah. Not everything about criminal justice reform is great. I mean, we've seen what's happened, for instance, with the approach of a Wesley Bell or those kinds of things where, where they're going to they're gonna just simply not charge people for certain crimes or certain crimes that are uh, more prolific in the black community. They'll be a lighter on. And it's like that's, that's – that's, criminal justice reform should not involve relaxing enforcement of our laws. Okay, I mean, you know, like for right. instance, when when they did the whole uh, criminal justice reform, which I thought was mostly good in North County, where they where they reformed the court system there, but what unfortunately what came along with that is this uh, un unsaid kind of insinuation to the, our law enforcement officers that you need to be easier on people. It's like no, uh, the reality is uh, these people would get pushed into this court system. And it was a revolving door, so there's got to be a reform at the court level, but there shouldn't have to be reform at the actual law enforcement level. And that's, I think, Correct. where you're pointing out, like, Absolutely. people shouldn't have to, you know, not enforce the law. You know, that's a whole show that, uh, that needs to be had, is the municipal court system in St. Louis County. And specifically in West St. Louis County, what's going on in our municipal courts? Um, well, your your old buddy John Hoffman, who you used to have on the air, yeah, yeah, he writes about this uh, weekly, about the uh, revolving door of the of the DWI, the multiple DWI right, yeah. people, and getting off because you know the guy in the municipality next to you is representing you and his buddy's judge's court case, and it goes on and on. That's a but that is uh, good. That should be good for an entire show. That discussion. Yeah, Hoffman, I he. Uh, <clears throat> He wasn't good to me over this whole tweet thing, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. He, yeah. Anyway, you, you know what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, okay. But mandatory minimum sentences. What happens is there's no, it, it, there's nothing related to liberty when it comes to mandatory minimum sentences. And so what happened is you go in and mandatory minimum sentencing called for a person to go in and you do some math, and it was a mandatory minimum regardless of the circumstances surrounding the crime. And, of course, uh, you know, in an age where those of us who are conservative-minded are also constitutional-minded, for instance, we stand by this crazy concept that you are innocent before being proven guilty, which is why those of us who talk about the Avenatti domestic violence accusation are giving Avenatti more grace than he gave Kavanaugh or anybody else because as I reported the story this morning I said well we don't know whether it's true or whether it's false we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt but you know some people get more of the benefit of the doubt than others great example of that 
the CNN, when they reported the story, and they, and they finally kind of got around to it, when CNN reported the story, uh, they decided they were going to wait two hours after it hit TMZ to actually talk about the story, and then they were going to use a, a, a lot of time in reporting the story defending Michael Avenatti. Unfortunately, that wasn't something that they did when, uh, when Avenatti was when, when, when making scurrilous accusations. This is CNN, by the way. I'll, I'll uh, play it for you here as soon as it boots up. But uh, CNN waited two hours. So the story broke on TMZ at this five. Was breaking. Uh, this is Lisa Story Avenatti. And when I spoke with her on the phone, she said that she actually hasn't seen Michael Avenatti in three months, that she was not at his apartment. And she also said that he is somebody who wouldn't ever hit anyone. Now, uh... okay, so that's CNN <laughs> reporting the story. This is two hours after the story broke on TMZ. By the time this news chick hit the air, she'd already called Avenatti's estranged wife, okay? Because they were trying to do due diligence. In fact, they're reporting the story the way they should have been reporting the Kavanaugh-Avenatti uh, gang rape Swatnik story. But they didn't do it that way. So you could tell even before the... And this is the first time you're hearing about it on CNN. This is 7.45 last night. Uh, and And... You're hearing about it for the first time, and keep in mind, she's already telling you she's called Avenatti's wife, and she's already telling you that, oh, he's never hit anybody. They're running interference farms, what they're doing, well, Absolutely. Two hours after. Now, juxtapose that with the Swatnik story when it broke on September 26th and how CNN treated that story. They interrupted programming. Breaking news. To come on with breaking news about Avenatti and Swatnik, and, and they rushed into this show to report this. And so, again, they were not giving Kavanaugh the kind of benefit of the doubt, the innocent before proven guilty approach, that they're clearly giving Avenatti. And we would prefer that you give that to everybody, regardless of their political stripes, but we can't count on the news media to do anything of the sort. Jamie, what do you think about this character, Avenatti? Yeah, and he is a Parkway Central grad. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I know. So what do you think about it when the first, right out of the box, he says, yeah, but she hit me first. Right. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the, that's the best he's got. She hit me first. You scumbag. I know, Come it really on. is. And, and, and here's the thing. He, there's no doubt, regardless of what happened, uh, he was arrested. And again, you know what? Look at us, or look at me, uh, saying, yeah, okay, he was arrested. But as what happens in a lot of domestic assault cases is, whenever, if you're called to a, pers- uh, a couple's house and there's evidence of a physical fight, somebody's going to jail. Somebody's going to go. And and it doesn't really actually matter. Somebody's going to be going to jail, and then everything is sorted out later, and that's usually what happens. And so usually the guy, and and then you're off. And so the fact that Avenatti was arrested doesn't mean he's guilty. But let's put it this way. This This is bigger news than people are giving it credit for because this is a guy who has made it his brand, to be the chief spokesman for abused women in this country, right? And he's also uh, running potentially for the 2020 Democratic nomination. So no matter how you look at it, this is news. 
and yet they're when the news does report it, they're actually helping him, which actually they're doing what they should do, which is, okay, there's this, but maybe there's this. They didn't give that kind of support to Kavanaugh uh, when Avenatti was the one actually bringing in a completely uncredible person in, in the formulation of Swetnick. Yeah, you know, you've got the same thing uh, going on with Keith Ellison. You know, here this guy, you know, he... He's got his uh, live-in girlfriend. Is it the girlfriend? He beat yeah. the hell out of her. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and the kid, the gal's son, uh, you know, tried to expose this. And, you know, the, you haven't heard, you have heard zero. Unless you're, you know, seek out all that uh, fake news that we do right. online, you'll never see this. It's like it doesn't happen. What a double standard, these people. Everything, and unfortunately, everything kind of depends on how the media couches it. I mean, uh, you notice that the media has kind of stopped reporting on the caravan. Remember they were talking about how the, oh, the caravan, they're <laughs> full of these uh, women and children, people just coming to look for uh, uh, the American dream. Suddenly they get to the border, they start popping over the fence, and the media's not even covering the story. I saw them all sitting on the fence. <laughs> you know, that whole thing's a scam. Yeah. Yeah, 1,600 miles and a pair of flip-flops. <laughs> Give me a break. You know who's behind that? Yeah. yeah well, they so, they so. had buses that were that they were riding along with him with their hazards the, on. You, they, you never saw the I never saw the buses in the news reports on <laughs> no. television. All I saw was this horde of people, uh, you know, toting their uh, yes, toting their little bag of clothes, and uh, but then apparently off camera, the porta potties came out, and the buses, <laughs> and the and the food service lines, and the bottled waters. I I don't know. Well, you know, I, but here's the thing, though. I, I the only time I saw the buses was when Jorge Ramos was doing his live shot, and and it had so he's doing a live shot alongside the road, and he had all these people walking by him, and uh, in the first like five minutes of the whole broadcast, five of the people had their faces covered with handkerchiefs, which didn't well, seem to me to be a and then you saw the buses with their hazards on, kind of following alongside the, the walking masses. Did you see the guy who gave the interview who was coming back for his second or third time into the, uh, you know, in the, as part of the caravan? He was coming back. He was going to get in. And when they asked him you know, why he you know, got uh, booted out prior, he was accused of murder. He had a murder charge yeah, against yeah. him. Yeah, those are the kind of people that are in the caravan, <laughs> along with reports of uh, MS-13 members and ISIS members and, you know. Yeah. What a mess. And, and, and a lot of people who just simply feel like they need to, they want to they have another shot at coming in after being deported like that. That's ridiculous. Absolutely not. All right. So we're seeing, too, uh, back to politics, Ben. We're seeing an yes. interesting thing going on within the Democratic Party and, and how they seem to be kind of – in a state of relative chaos, you have the uh, crazies <laughs> like Ocasio Cortez, who have also oh, decided boy. that um, that uh, crazy Nancy Pelosi is actually maybe even too crazy for even the crazies. So you have Ocasio Cortez outside uh, lauding protesters outside of Pelosi's office, and then you have uh, the Congressional Black Caucus, which passed a no confidence vote. And the DNC chair, Tom Perez. Oh, I didn't see that. That's fantastic. Well, good for them. Yeah. You know, I, I got to believe that uh, many of these Democrats are, are like the Democrat friends of ours who may be, uh, well, like Steamfitter. Um, Steamfitter Chris, yeah. Steamfitter Chris. I can't wait to meet that guy because he's the kind of guy 
that I've known my whole life, a tradesman. Yep. A, a good guy, a guy building his family, blue collar, absolutely proud of building America. Those are the kind of Democrats that I want to compete against because those we're all on the same team. Right. We right. Just, you, you know, we're all on the same team. Uh, well, unfortunately, go ahead. Unfortunately, the Republican Party, I, I think, has turned a lot of these people away. Yes. Uh, over the uh, obsession uh, regarding. Uh, Unions and 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 again, I I've always been, and I don't know where you're on you're at on this, but I've always been a person who has uh, I, I support the trades. I, I don't like the fact. That, let me give you an example. I think if you're a tradesman, um, I I support unions and uh, their freedom, like it is with other companies to make deals that are good for them. So collective for instance, bargaining. collective bargaining, Absolutely. whatever you're doing is great. I don't uh, public employee unions. I have no use for zero. And, it, and it, I'm always surprised to see trade unions supporting public employee unions. Don't, like there's any similarity. None. I, and I saw that up in Wisconsin when uh, Scott Walker was trying to bust up the public employee union uh, monopoly, the mafia up there. And basically with public employee unions, it's why we have, for instance, in Illinois, crippling pension plans because Republicans and Democrats got together with really no representation of the taxpayer at the table. Presumably when you elect somebody, they're supposed to represent you at the table. But these public employee unions who were giving gobs of money to politicians were getting everything they wanted from the politicians, but the taxpayer wasn't represented. So public employee unions I have no use for. And I also have no use for the uh, the the St. Louis County government mandate, for instance, that every public contract has to be a uh, a union contract. Uh, like, And I understand that trade unions make the argument, and I get this, they make the argument that, oh, but you know what? When you're doing a boiler at a school, you want to make sure it's done right. You don't blah, want blah. the lotus bitter, Jamie. That, that's, what you got. that's one of the things. Yeah. Uh, the credibility and the craftsmanship and the unions, they spend a lot of money training their people. Right. And I get right. that. Uh, my father raised seven of us as a United Auto Workers right. worker. Out here at the General Motors plant. There you go, St. Louis. Before it moved out to Wentzville, so oh, I have. So you mean the one up in North uh, a Union City? and Goodfellow? Oh yeah, yeah right. That's he retired from there. He made Corvettes up there, right? Well, d- Dad wasn't on the line, but uh, yeah. th- they made Corvettes. Oh up yeah, there. absolutely. Right on. So I have mixed emotions about unions. Uh, similar to you, I have no use for the government uh, employees having unions. The public sector. Uh, public employees involved in unions. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know, Reagan didn't feel uh, like uh, that was the case either when he when he got rid of the right. air traffic controllers union. Yeah. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, good, Dem- I'll call them good Democrats out there who were so hurt over uh, Ronald Reagan doing that. Uh, they, that's when they switched. That's when they left as Republicans and switched over to... Um, being Democrats. Right, right. And, you know, and they've still not, not gotten over that. No, I know. I know. And, and, you know, to my point about the county government thing and the lowest bidder thing, I get that you just don't want to go to the lowest bidder and get the – but there's a way – and I think some of them have adjusted that way to be able to kind of uh, manipulate the bidding process so that you still do get the quality 
Uh, but you don't just simply mandate it's got to be a union shop. But 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 you right. know because the, I don't think it's the government's role to mandate that you got to use a union. Even though I'm as supportive of unions as I am, I don't believe it's the government's role to mandate that it has to be a trade union. I do think it's better policy to choose perhaps a union shop because it is true that some of these guys, although I have known non-union shops that are. Uh, just as professional and just as well to do because in the end, a business doesn't make any money if it's not any good. And so there's there's a there's an aim for quality regardless of whether something's union or not. But but again, uh, we agree on the on definitely the the fact that I think Republicans too often have uh, have uh, have have been too disparaging of trade unions, almost reflexively. In, I agree. Uh, you know. And I, I've never, I never liked that approach. You know, I, I misspoke earlier, and I was trying to get my point across regarding uh, good Democrats. When I say good Democrats. Yeah, yeah. And I said we're all on the same team. We're not all on the same team. We're all Americans. Yeah. You know, we all go to church together. Uh, we work together. Uh, we go to school together. We, you know, just two different ideologies going on here, two different thoughts of the way things should work and, the, and what we're watching what we're watching, and I want to talk just a bit about Florida. What we're watching there is a disgrace. Uh, there's even a theory going around that uh, this supervillain, uh, Snipes, yeah. you know, doesn't she looks like the supervillain <laughs> out of a coming despic- Despicable Me cartoon? She actually does. Well, I, you know, I, she does. She looks whacked out of her mind. <laughs> and there's a theory going around. I was just reading about it we last just- night that. You know, this is a sting operation. It is, don't you know it's so over the top? Yeah. Obvious. Oh, we're, we're down, you know, 50 or 60,000 votes. Oh, wait a minute. We just found a rental car at the <laughs> airport with a box of about 60,000 ballots. Come on. Yeah, right. So there's a theory going around that this is a big sting operation, that Snipes is in on it because they had the goods on her from 2016. And this is a big setup for the slam dunk coming. It's almost like the... The fifty thousand sealed indictments we keep, you know, hearing about that, right? Are, you know, but you don't you just hope that that's true and they start unleashing these things, yeah? And that, <laughs> that Sessions wasn't really just twiddling his thumbs; he was really laying all this stuff away. So uh, I don't know. Time will tell, Jamie. But uh, let I me think just we're on the right. Track. Let me just clarify something regarding, and and this is another. This is one of the problems with the whole union discussion is that. Uh, uh, and Richard Powerly's on here, and he says, I do HVAC, and you do not need to be union to be good at what you do. If this is what you believe, I'm done listening to you. Uh-oh. This is, but this is a great example of how a guy like Richard doesn't listen to what I have to say. He's a, he's a non-union guy, and the mere fact that I said unions do a good job pissed him off, and he doesn't care what actually I said, which is <laughs> I said precisely, I said precisely, Richard, that you don't – you don't have to be union to that's be good exactly at what you what do. You that's, that's exactly what I well, said. People hear what they want to hear, Jamie. And that's been the whole problem all along is people like Richard who, if you just merely, merely mention one good thing about a union, they get so blinded by their blood in their eyes that they can't they – can't, they won't listen to what you have to say. So, Richard, to your point, and again, uh, I'm kind of done listening to you to tell you the truth – if 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 you're just not going to listen to what I say, and you're going to pop off on a Facebook page that I invited you on to attack me, then kiss off, dude. I'm telling you. 
if we're going to have a debate about this kind of stuff and we're going to talk about this stuff, the least we can expect is that we listen to what each other has to say without popping off online on a venue I've invited you to to argue with me about something I didn't say. So what I'm trying to say to you, dude, is uh, chill out and, and listen to what people have to say. That would actually advance things a little further to some degree to where – and I just mentioned how I didn't like the government mandating that unions do their jobs. I just said that on the air. But again, people don't listen, and I'm sorry to get agitated about it, but you're popping off on my venue here and, and threatening not to listen to me because of something I didn't say. It's like, dude – uh, uh, please, uh, get your shit together. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, people do hear what they want to hear. And Jamie, everybody knows you've been more than fair to the tradesmen and the unions out there because there's a, there's a very important place for those operations in our system, in our, in our economic system. And thank God for them. Um, yeah, you know, Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, I'm sorry you had to witness that. But, that, but that's been the frustration is that no, everybody's talking over each other and only listening to what they have to say and, then, and picking fights with your own people. I mean, it's come on, people. Maybe if actually people who are uh, part of the conservative movement uh, would stop you know, picking fights with each other and actually find out certain areas where they're actually going to have some symmetry, uh, maybe that's actually a better way of approaching things. But anyway, I, I, to, to clarify, I felt like I didn't have to simply go back and, and, uh, and repeat what I said that you said I didn't say. So it's kind of like, okay, that, 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 that's, just, that's just frustrating. It's one of those things. So, yeah, what are you going to um, do? So, you know, uh, I've got to get going, but, I, but before I leave, you know, I want to recap a little bit on this Missouri GOP issue with uh, with Sonny Wilson, and you know, yes. can he can he actually? Because you know, I know from uh, and I've no, I've only known Sonny. I'll say for about a year. I met him last Christmas, uh, Christmas time when Trump came in, and we had these great VIP seats uh, off to the side of the stage. You were there, um, and St. Charles at the rally. The St. St. Charles Rally. Yeah. Okay. So that's when I met Sonny, and we became fast friends. Uh, I know he's a he's a rising star in the conservative. Oh, so Republican you met him. Movement. So you, wait, wait. What 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 time was that? That was this was last. Uh, well, it was around Christmas time last year. Oh, that, so that was the first the time same, you met Sonny. First time. I, oh, wow. And and I knew of him, but I'd never met him. Uh, and I know he was running for mayor out in Dardine Prairie. Right. And then he bailed. Uh, no, he. He, did, he ran for mayor, then subsequently was running for state rep, withdrew his candidacy uh, in some deal he had going on out there, and went to work for the GOP. Wow. That's, and so yeah. Sonny was working for the, for the RNC. Actually, he thought it was maybe the Missouri GOP. It turned out his checks were coming from the RNC. And once he figured out what they were doing at the RNC level, top down into Missouri, Pushing Josh Hawley's candidacy when we were in the middle of a primary, just getting started in a primary. Right. Uh, he had uh, he had some problems with that because it was crooked, it was rigged, and that's when he resigned. And we did the uh, now infamous whistleblower interview. Right. Yeah. With, with, that was great. <laughs> so that's when I first met him. Now uh, he's the kind of guy who can unite uh, these factions in the grassroots. I believe he can be a uniter. 
He moves well in establishment circles. He is loved by much of the grassroots. And he's the kind of guy that can bring that all together and make the Republican Party in Missouri more open, more open actually to the people who, who are doing the day-in, day-out work, these uh, county committees across the state. Right. That's what I'd like to see. And um, once again, I encourage anyone that uh, wants to give the governor's office a call and throw your support behind Sonny Wilson for chair of the party. So, and, and there were some, and also, is he voted on by the, the, the individual committees? Is that how it works? Like no, the, state- the, the, governor, the governor will uh, make an appointment, and I believe, you can't hold me to this because, you know, I'm not there, but I, you know, I believe that it's, uh, there's a confirmation vote of the executive committee. Okay. I believe okay. that's the case. I don't think the governor just flat out gets what he wants, but, but pretty much that would be that a has formality, an yeah. I'm thinking. Right, right. Um, and the governor clearly is is taking uh, recommendations. Right, right. You know, his office is open to those uh, calls like Renee Artman made. Right. So, you know, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, haven't heard any, you know, I don't want this to be that surprise uh, at some point in the future that, well, who's the, who's the head of the Republican? Who's the chair? <laughs> I know. Who's this guy? Right. Some, yeah. some brother of a congressman? Oh, yeah, Todd Graves. No, this needs to be a man of, um, a man of the people. A man of the party who can do some uniting. Well, that's and, how that, you know, that's that's the way it should work. That's how ignorant I was because I thought that Todd Graves was Sam Graves, and that's he's his not, brother. And he's not. That's his, I know it is, but, but, but you know, is it Graves? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like really we have to have this. And and let me tell you an, a great example of this too. Uh, before you go uh, there, buddy, go uh, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, when it comes to what. America First Missouri has done, and this is really more on a personal note, but uh, first of all, they, these are individuals in the grassroots who have worked exceedingly hard to get President Trump elected. These are people also who, during the primary, if some of them dared support President Trump, these are people like – I mean I'll never forget the story uh, regarding Annette Reed or because or, she was the one I was most in contact with throughout a lot of this. And what really made me mad, and this was during, and, and I realized primaries are contentious, and there were people, and Missouri was divided between a lot of folks who were, uh, who were uh, supportive of Ted Cruz and supportive of President Trump. That's kind of where there was a big divide. And, and so the Cruz people crapped all over the Trump people, and some of the Trump people crapped all over the Cruz people, and it wasn't necessarily pretty. But, but one thing is for sure. That to say that what happened when people have had, had issues, they would say people weren't conservative. Oh, you're not conservative enough. Oh, you're yeah. not this and, and, and because they supported President Trump. That drove me crazy because I, I would talk to people about like Annette Reed. I'm using her as the example or even you for that matter. I'm like, these are people who ever since 2009 have been working tirelessly in the Tea Party movement and for common sense conservatism and busting their rears out at rallies, uh, doing overpass stands and you know everything else. And so the idea that somehow you can say that they're not conservative enough because they're Trump supporters was driving me crazy. But yeah. you guys still gutted it out, went forward with it. And one thing for sure that you won't see under a state party headed by Sonny Wilson and backed by individuals like Ben and others is you'll never see a GOP 
uh, booth at a state <laughs> fair that basically just ignores the existence of President Trump without putting a sign out. And, they, and you won't get the lame excuse that, well, we didn't get any signs from the Trump campaign. You know, like, so, okay. Yeah, well, it won't since, happen. When you, when you, since you brought that up, you know, and I had, um, when, you did, um, when you did the watch party with us down at America First Missouri, uh, I had blown up pictures of both the uh, RNC booth at the State Fair and a booth that I did uh, in conjunction with um, North County uh, Republican Club. And it was during the um, June Schmitz booth at the Festival of Flowers in, in Florissant. Right. So uh, local, local deal up in Florissant. We put together a booth. It had a giant Donald Trump poster in it. We had the Trump flag flying, the R and the uh, Republican flag, the elephant right. flag flying, uh, and the booth looked great. So compare contrast that with with the non-existent uh, Trump I- ID at the Missouri Republican or at the uh, Missouri State Fair. June told me that that booth drew more people to it because Trump is Trump is a brand that's the best marketing asset the party has currently. Yes. And to not utilize it is insanity. June told me she had the biggest turnout, the biggest sign up for her Republican club than she's ever had. And she attributes it to people being drawn to the booth because there's Trump's smiling face. Of course. You know, our 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 hope for the future of this country. And you know <laughs> Jamie, my first campaign was 1972, the re-election of the president, Nixon. And I was 13 or 14 years old, stuffing envelopes down at the headquarters on page and hand-addressing those envelopes, licking a stamp and putting on it, <sighs> sending out Republican propaganda right, right. in 1972. Right so, on. So all, I've been involved in politics my entire life. I was elected... Um, out in Chesterfield as a charter commissioner. I served as a police commissioner. But all in all, I've never had a paying job in politics. It's all from the heart. And many of the people that I work with, that's the case, certainly down at uh, America First Missouri. Yeah. Now, Annette Reed just uh, took a position with Ernie Trakis's office as legislative assistant. Uh, Ernie is the um, St. Louis County Council member. And she just took a paying position, which may be a... Um, I think she did work a uh, stint with Paul Kurtman as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're we're in, we're changing. Uh, our pack is is being converted from uh, a local a Missouri uh, committee, in effect, to a super pack. Right. And that's going to make a big difference in us going forward because we need to keep the doors open in our operation. We're the last. We're we're, we're the only grassroots organization in the state that's standing in the way of. The Missouri establishment GOP right. co-opting the Trump movement. It's what they did with the tea, what happened to the Tea Party. Right. They were co-opted right. by the Republican Party, and then, and then and then basically it was the equivalent of the St. Louis Post Dispatch buying up the Globe Democrat and closing it. It's this. It, it, well, you couldn't have been. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Thank you very much. And yeah. that's, so I encourage everyone to get online. Go to. America First Mo M O America First M O dot com. Take a look at uh, at our at our uh, website there. But specifically, if you like what we're doing, you want to see us prevail and and gear up actually because the fight's on for twenty twenty and this Trump movement that we're involved in here. 
We're all volunteers. We need your support. There's a PayPal. Press the button. Donate what you can. Hit that donate monthly. Uh, We provide the type of services to the voter that you're not going to get from either party uh, out there. Right. I mean, and and again, it's so true what you say. And these guys have been there through thick and thin, and they've been there for us. And I do not believe that President Trump could have gotten the kind of numbers he got in Missouri here, 19 percentage points. And, you, and, you, and actually, you can thank him then, therefore, for the defeat of Claire McCaskill. So it all trickles down. And I don't think he would have gotten 19% if it were not for the grassroots and America First Missouri and people like that who were out there uh, fighting and, and everything else. And, and you guys have done a, a great job. And uh, going back real quickly in history, and then I got another story to tell before you got to take off. All right. I know, you, I know, because because uh, Ben just pointed out um, he doesn't get a paid political position anywhere because he's on his way to McLean McClay Sign Company on Gravoy, which where how, well, that, how that ought there? to buy me another fifteen or twenty minutes right there. Jake. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'll look for those calls. Just a couple years. I oh, went okay. back to work. I used to be in the sign business. I had oh. to go back to work to pay my lovely bride's taxes, okay? <laughs> Good for you. She's made you breakfast this morning. Oh, I so love her, man. I'm telling you. 41 years. Good for you. So anyway, uh, so I'm like you. Back in the, and I, I'll, get, I'll go right back to 72. So back in 72, I was probably, I'm only a couple years. I'm 55, right? I'm 61. Okay, so I'm a few years younger than you are. So when you were doing what you were doing at age 13 or whatever, I was like nine, and, and I'll never forget this because I, I built a fort um, on the side of my house there at 7324 Cornell in U-City, and I got old wood and everything else, and instead of actually using nails, I actually used Ashcroft, Danforth, Nixon bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> to keep to keep my, uh, I think I even had a Spainhower ticket in there somewhere, a, a bumper sticker in there somewhere. And I, I think he was a Democrat. I can't remember, but I, but I would have, um, I would. That's how I taped the wood together in my fort was with all these bumper stickers, the Nixon ones. That's that's one of the draws as a as a kid uh, to me uh, in politics because back in the day you could walk into a Republican or Democrat headquarters. And you could get all the buttons, bumper stickers, posters right. you wanted of the candidate. And yeah. I've got quite a collection from the early days yeah. and stuff. My dad was a big Republican. You know, he was into that. That's how I got the, the, the stickers and stuff. I think there was an Ashcroft. Uh, this was back when those guys were the young guns in the Republican Party. So you had Ashcroft just starting out. You had Bond. Who was just, I, I mean, I think I, Bond became governor, I think, in the, I can't in remember. In the 70s. 70s. In the 70s. And so I had Bond stickers, Ashcroft, Nixon, uh, and uh, it was, it, and that's how I kept my fort together. Yeah, Kit Bond, uh, you know, Kit Bond, uh, was, the, was he the uh, governor when we had the, the second Casey kite fly? It had to have been all of about 73 or 4. And uh, Charlie Daniels came to town. Kiss was there. Oh, wow. Jamie, there was 100,000 people in Polo Park out here. And it was our Woodstock. That was, was that before Super Jam? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. This was our original Woodstock oh, in right. St. Louis. And it was such a it was it was such a blowout that Kit Bond, I think it was by executive order, outlawed outdoor concerts in Missouri. And that lasted <laughs> for nearly a decade until the until the state fair says, Hey man, 
we got to have these concerts outdoors to Why make some money. Why do you do that? Because everybody's out there smoking weed oh. and carrying on <laughs> and flying kites and listening to music and being unruly. I can remember, I can remember pulling up on Highway 40 and just pulling over, uh, parking the car on the shoulder, jumping out with a bunch of long-haired, uh, early 70s hippie mm-hmm. buddies of mine, mm-hmm. grabbing a, <clears throat> a cooler full of beer. You know, we're, we're, we're in high school. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, well. and rolling, rolling across there. So it was totally out of control, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, those were yeah, the they days. had enough of that. Those were days when people smoked on airplanes. That's right. That was those were the heydays, and, and, and when when we when we could go to Walgreens, sit in the parking lot, and uh, get an adult to go in and buy us beer. It was a you know, which would I never think, happen now, but you know, it was nothing to go stand in front of the IGA <laughs> in Overland. And, you know, here comes a guy, and, he, you know, you could tell he just turned 21. Hey, man, right. would you buy? Sure. Or, or some old guy, you know? Yeah. Who, you know, some old guy be glad oh, to yeah. do it. To, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure, kid. I'll kick you up a six-pack. I mean, would any <laughs> of you people in a million years ever buy liquor for, an under, for a minor sitting in a parking lot? No. But for whatever reason, back in those days, we were able to get some ringers who Boy, were able to go there. The 70s were amazing, weren't they? They were. <laughs> All right, and one more hey, quick thing okay. then. Uh, so, so we had the uh, yeah, Lisa. I remember the Mississippi River Festival. I went out and saw a great concert at the Mississippi River Festival. It was the Allman Brothers and Hank Williams Jr. together at the Mississippi River Festival. By it was the Mississippi great. River Festival years, I was in the service. So oh, okay, I was, I was done by then. Yeah, right gone. on. You were you you you're <laughs> on to bigger and better things serving our country. Uh, so one more quick thing about America versus Missouri and why they also deserve your support. You have to remember that in April, 97-1 fired me, right? And you remember that they, they fired me, and it was one of the most ridiculous debacles you've ever seen a company uh, get involved in. And it was, uh, it was unbelievable, the mob kind of mentality that they bowed to and they surrendered to, and it was a horrible day in broadcast media history and in terms of common sense and everything else. Um, Entercom, just arriving in St. Louis, uh, had no respect for 97.1 and still don't, I, as, my, as far as I'm concerned. If, if, if they still actually have the lights on there in a year, I'll be shocked. Uh, because Entercom basically, I, I, we settled the lawsuit, by the way, and uh, I was freed uh, from all of my non-competes. So I have no advertising non-competes, no performance non-competes. All of it is totally erased. So I'm allowed now to unleash and fully uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0, which, by the way, I hope you guys ultimately will have a show on the network because I can listen to Ben, Annette, Sonny, all these people, and we need that presence on the air because, heaven forbid, 97.1 is talking to, you know, Todd Graves, not anybody else. So what, what you have to – so they're, they're now kind of more of a part of the establishment. But so what happens is, though, um, is that now I'm, I'm unleashed to compete with them on a completely level playing field. And the fact that uh, – the, the fact that Entercom – allowed that to happen just so they could they wouldn't have to give me any money is a pure indication that they don't care about ultimately what happens in 971 cuz now I'm I'm out there and I'm I'm going to go full bore cuz I'm, I'm I'm a competitive person and I'll go straight for them that's just what I do 
And so uh, I'm just telling you that's a measure that anyway. So it was April, and there was still a lot of controversy or whatever. So I get a call, though, from America First Missouri. I get a call from Annette. And this is, of course, with the blessing of other people in America First Missouri. They are hosting a uh, – they were hosting a – Our Senate forum. Senate forum, okay? Now, keep in mind, this is less than a month after I was uh, – brought down by a mob of left-wing kooks, who I am, by the way, uh, well, okay, there'll be big news coming down the line in probably a month or so about what I'm doing with them. But nonetheless, uh, by a bunch of left-wing kooks who managed to push around a big media company that didn't have any guts and no balls. And so, but anyway, it was still remained controversial, and there were still people making threats and still people doing this and all that kind of thing and still people, um, you know, my, my, my friend, Dr. Eric Naputi, had to beg the folks over at the Gateway Blend uh, to please stop trying to destroy his business because that's where, that's where Stacey Newman's slow son Drew worked. And so uh, he was doing all of his Twitter bombing and all, their, all, their, all of their artificial computer cyber attacks on Dr. Naputi. And so he had basically had to call up Dan Buck, for instance, and beg him, please talk to somebody there and tell them to stop doing this because it's destroying, try, they're trying to destroy my business. So they were still pretty voracious people back then. And even when Golden Oak Lending came on board, and that was in June or July, they tried to make another run and tried to attack Golden Oak Lending. So the atmosphere was still pretty toxic, and I was actually still pretty toxic to a lot of people. Uh, which is why many people uh, who I helped in their careers never actually bothered to call me uh, afterwards or talk to me, which is one of the reasons why Roy Blunt has never been on my air because he doesn't return phone calls because of that. Anyway, they had the Senate forum, and I was invited to be the moderator, the MC of the uh, – yeah, Eric's like, no, I didn't – sorry, Eric <laughs> – Eric's like, I didn't beg them. <laughs> That's right, buddy. You don't beg. I forgot. Sorry, man. Dr. Naputi's like, I didn't beg. Don't, don't, don't be saying I begged. You're right, man. Naputi called him up and said, do this or I'm coming after your asses. So that's basically <laughs> – I just want to make sure that for the people who are listening on the stream who don't see it on Facebook, they know that Dr. Eric Naputi, no, I did not uh, – I did. I do. I regret saying that you begged because Dr. Naputi, this was infuriating to them, and Naputi was going to go full hog wild on this people and 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 made sure that they knew it, uh, and so ultimately all this will be out there in the public land. But anyway, Dr. Naputi, yeah. So sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I didn't beg anybody. I know. Okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. And you didn't, you didn't okay. beg us either, Jamie. No, you guys came to me. That's right. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you, are you sure you want me to moderate this or, or uh, the Senate debate? You sure you want me to MC a Senate debate? And, and, and I have to tell you that, that in all honesty, it was, a, uh, it was a huge honor and it was hugely humbling and it was, in fact, it was emotionally 
one of the best things that happened to me. One of the first, I guess it was the first t- your first time out since uh, that whole debacle. Right. And you know what, Jamie, you got, I don't know if you recall, but I do, I introduced you. You got the largest round of applause out of anybody, to include all of our Senate candidates. Yeah. <laughs> you had the best. Yeah. It well, was it was, great. It was great. And, and, and yet, at the same time, acknowledging, though, that it was a definite risk on the part of America First Missouri to do this, because you didn't know whether you were going to have a bunch of left-wing kooks standing up in the middle of everything and, and doing whatever they were going to do. You didn't know whether you were going to have... Uh, you know, protesters outside. I mean, I, I had uh, I had to hire somebody from Asymmetric Solutions uh, on the off chance somebody was going to uh, make a run at me. There, there were so many concealed carries and open carries <laughs> that I wasn't worried about. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> including me. Yeah. But, but so, but but so, but still, <clears throat> as a measure of their commitment, uh, and and, and, and as, as a measure of not only their commitment but also their friendship, and the fact that they will stick their neck out. For people, that was a huge deal for me, and 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 actually, it was actually one of those things where, um, as much as I w- was fighting back, and as much as I was uh, not going to surrender, and as much as I was confident, and getting back on the air, and 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 we had the Radio Free Almond shirts out there, and everything else, it was still not easy going through this crap. I mean, it just it just when you when you're include inc- accused in a headline of fantasizing about raping a little boy. Uh, yeah, that's absurd. hard. So anyway, but nonetheless, though, these guys stuck their neck out, and it was a hugely inflating uh, thing for me. And, and, I was, and I, I'll never forget so proudly able to put this fact that I'm going to be doing uh, this event uh, as, as the moderator. And there were a couple people from a couple stations who decided they weren't going to be there anymore, and that's fine, whatever. And, and, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless... Uh, they took a risk. Uh, they did it. I think they, it, to them, it wasn't a risk, but, but to me and to other people outside, it, it seemed to be one. But when I needed them the most, America First Missouri was there. So glad I'm indebted to, to you guys for it. all that. I just well, want to let you know. Well, glad to do it because it was the right thing to do. Right on. Certainly, well, ben Murphy, Jamie. I'm gonna. Uh, okay, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at chat and I can't co- coordinate this at the same time. But <laughs> did I just blow it again? No. No. Uh, in terms of, uh, I'm gonna. Go ahead and post uh, Betsy, my lovely bride's company, with a phone number on chat. Okay. If anybody wants to get in touch, it's custom tours, custom dash tours.net. A little slow on the draw there 20 some years ago to get the correct domain, but it's custom dash tours.net. Custom dash tours, good. At 636 530 9502. I'll drop that into chat uh, for reference, and Betsy would love to hear from you, whether it's a cruise, a vacation, an all-inclusive, or uh, maybe get involved in some of our group travel. Uh, love to hear from you. Thanks Don't you, again did so you, much. Did you say anything about how – do you guys go to Israel? We have are you guys never, Holy Land things? We have or you never were, done a Holy Land trip. But you were – I thought I talked talk to you. You were maybe thinking about getting in that uh, that realm, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but you know what I would like to propose – is that, and we'll talk about this uh, offline and see if we can work something out. Uh, but you know, you need to do a cruise where you do a, I, they do them, uh, some of the other, Radio Free Almond cruise. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Talk, get, get on there, and you know, you have your uh, cruise meetings, and we do some live uh, broadcasts from the ship and let's from do the it. ports. Yeah. Can you imagine, you know, just pick, 
let's 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 go to the Bahamas. Let's get a little starter cruise down the Bahamas in January or something crazy like that. I know it's short notice, but listen, it's going to be a cold winter. That would be great. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you we would get a lot of people to go on that. I mean, we get a lot of people to go without. If you were promoting it and bringing in yeah. all your people and all of our people, that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, because plus I mean, we get to talk politics all day, right? Every day. <laughs> and of course, you guys would probably do it. Uh, it wouldn't only be a Radio Free Almond cruise. So you guys would do the cruise. Well, it'd open we it would, up to everybody. But right, know. but but we would. What we'd have is so usually what happens here because I think there was a one time where I was going to do it a long time ago. And then whoever was involved in it bowed out. You'd know who the guy is, but I don't. Uh, but anyway. somebody in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and but um, or even as Art points out, but you guys probably don't do a river cruise. But uh, you do. Well, we, interesting. Um, Mississippi river cruises are one thing. Last year we did our first Viking river cru- cruise through Germany. Absolutely amazing. You know the floating cities of modern cruise ships. Right. 2,500 people on a cruise ship is a small ship nowadays. Right. This was about a, a less than 1,000 people as maybe, you know, on a river cruise going, uh, going through right through the middle of Germany, uh, finished up in Prague. What an amazing time because in a very short order, you know the few hundred people that are on your ship. Yeah, and right. you're going to be on there for a week or 10 days with them. What a great time that was. That's a good idea. We should do that. We should do a Bahamas Radio Free Almond tour, man. Well, the, the great thing about cruise. the Bahamas is it's, uh, you know, you, you can do a long weekend cruise down there, say a four-day weekend. They're very affordable. You hit a couple of ports. You do some beach time. Um, just, a, just a great cruise. And it would be uh, easy for us all to, to get there, get back without, uh, you know, totally planning your, you know, a 10-day, two-week kind of vacation you know, this would be a, a quick jaunt to get away from the, the freezing cold right on, that we're yeah. going to see this winter. Maybe that'd, that'd be great. Let's talk about that some more. Let's see if we can figure that one out. <laughs> Penny's <laughs> like, I could do a float trip. It's like, okay. <laughs> Come on, people. You can, you can do it. All Just, right, Jamie. I'm off to make right, America brother. great again. <laughs> Thanks, man. Have I appreciate you. Right. And, uh, and, folks, for, for all of your sign needs and sometimes even just for your pictures that you want to do like I did for my mom's uh, birthday party, McClay Sign Company is great right there on Gravoy next to Hodak. So, uh, Ben Murphy, thanks a ton. That's actually a good idea to, to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little break here because I've got my friend. We, since we were talking about back in the old days, do you realize that, uh, that Michael Proctor started in the window fashion business when he was 24 years old? I think maybe even if it was, uh, it was maybe even 23. I don't know. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it directly from the uh, horse's mouth. And there's nobody, by the way, that is better at what he does when it comes to window fashions. Uh, and, and nobody probably as like-minded as you are in the industry as Michael Proctor, uh, because uh, I could just I could sit there and 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 read you the texts I get uh, from him uh, uh, when it comes to uh, politics and what's going on. And he was a big Trump supporter, and he's the man, and I love the guy, and he was one of the first guys to step up and support Radio Free Almond. So uh, that's the kind of guy uh, Michael Proctor is. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Good morning, this morning. Happy Thursday. And Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm looking at a map in front of me right now, by the way. 
that shows that with the exception of maybe deep, 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 deep Florida, there is not an area of this country that when it comes to the wind chill is above 40 degrees. This is while the left-wing kooks are in front of Nancy Pelosi's office demanding something be done about global warming, which they've now morphed into climate change. Paula is telling me uh, what happened at Thanksgiving. No, I'm just kidding. It's because of the snow today. By the way, i got to tell you, if you're a news anchor or a meteorologist or somebody, stop telling me to stay off the roads unless it's absolutely necessary. What do you know? Sometimes you just do it because you're just being just a busybody. There are people out there who are selling egg McMuffins and donuts and coffee and still need your business, people. Come on. Commerce must continue snow or no snow. So please, people, stop, you know, telling people as you're standing outside, as Steve Church points out, you're standing on the highway telling us to stay off the highways. Okay, stop it. Get out there and make commerce roll. And you know what? The more you're on the roads, the clearer they're going to become by being on the roads. Michael Proctor came down in person. I didn't get some text from Michael Proctor this morning <laughs> saying, hey, it's snowing. Let's make it another day. No. I guess. mean, you know, real Americans get out there in the snow. Conservatives do. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they go. <laughs> exactly. The liberals, they look out. They go, oh, my God, there's snow. What are we going to do now? That's what they do. No doubt about it. So, uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor, Drapery.com. Did I get it right that you were 24 or 23? 23. 23 years January old. January 1st. Wow. I just got back from a Florida vacation. And uh, I knew I was going to get fired, so I quit my job. <laughs> so, you had just gotten me back, and you said, now, what were you doing before that? Yeah, I was in the drapery business, Are you, but, but, working but, for a... Right. Large company. So you decided you were going to then make your own company. You were going to do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, I just bought a house, too. and uh, It was probably not the smartest thing to do at the time. Yeah, right. I thought I could make a lot of money. but So you had to figure something out, something to do, right? Right. So, uh, but nonetheless, you were good at what you did, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you, were, you were figuring, well, I could just make, make my own business. So now you're going on the 45th anniversary of being in the window fashion business. Right. Window fashion. That's what I call it. I know, buddy. Right. I got to tell you, I was able to see it in full swing, and actually people could see it. If you go to my Facebook page, uh, on my private one, uh, you can go to... Uh, you could see, because I had some pictures of the dining room where I put all of the uh, pictures of my mom, thanks to McClay Sign Company and Ben, that I had done. Uh, and the fabric ones that I had that I, that I uh, stretched over, uh, the canvas ones that I had that I stretched over the frames, I put in the windowsill of my dining room. And on the side of the windowsill, each side, is a beautiful uh, side panel treatment uh, done uh, by none other than... This guy right here, Michael Proctor, and I love, I love that. You've done like three different projects for me, but 
that's one of my favorites where you basically came up with that whole that whole design on your own because you know, we have you over, but we don't really know what we want. We don't mm-hmm. know what's going to look right, everything else. And so what we do is we get the interior designer and Michael to come and say, well, how about this and how about that? And the reality is, and you and I talked about this before, but most people want to not be told what to do, but they want, they want advice because they don't know. Oh, I go, I go into the homes and uh, I go up to the door with nothing in my hands and I take a tour of their house. And we go room to room, and I tell them what I suggest for each room based on what they want to accomplish, and uh, it works out real nice. Walk through a house, usually it takes about 15 minutes. Right, right. I go out and I get everything. I get this for this room, this for this room, and I bring in everything, and it just goes real fast. And people say, boy... If we would have known it would be this easy, we would have called you a year ago. (laughs) Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, because most people trip over themselves uh, and argue with their wives or husbands, and you know, you know, and or they go out to some place or they have somebody come in, and then usually, because as you point out, your main competition are the higher end window treatment people, Uh, because the lower end guys, you folks out there like value, so you you don't normally just get anything off the rack mm-hmm. for your windows. You just don't do that. But what's impo- what is important to you is value. So um, you're not cheap, but you want value in terms mm-hmm. of what you guys want out there. So uh, that's where you get the real, uh, the, the real deal here is when you get somebody who comes in, you're not having to the, – the, well, some of these companies go, well, you, we have an interior designer that you can hire – to mm-hmm. help you, and then we'll do the window treatment. Michael is all in one, and Dr. Napu is actually on here, and um, he said that uh, you did you did the fifty five office right down right. fifty five uh, right. the Naputi Wellness right uh, Naputi Wellness dot com very nice shades screen goes, shades yeah, and he said he did those for me, and uh, they look amazing. Highly recommend them, says Eric oh, Naputi. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Eric. Appreciate yeah. it. And, and and again, that's true. I mean, you have example after example where these folks. Uh, you know, who were listeners to the show, uh, will get back to me or get back to you and, and, and say, man, I just, I just love it. Mm-hmm. And you're seven days a week. Right. Seven days a week. Rain, shine, snow. I'll you're, come today. He's got I'll the, come in the snow. <laughs> right, exactly. He's got the uh, mobile design unit, which is really cool. Um, that's an impressive unit there. All right. I have so much in there now. I, it's just chock full. I need a bigger vehicle. I have just so many beautiful fabrics and hardware, and I'm a priority dealer for Hunter Douglas. I must have 30 of their huge sample books. I have all the shutters, the woven woods, the screen shades. It's, everything is so designer, stylish. Yeah. It's just spectacular. Nobody, no, not one person in St. Louis can come to your home and bring what I bring to their home. Right, I mean, and, we, and I do it quickly. That's why I'm competitive because yeah. the designers, heck, they take six hours to do what I can do in one hour. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, and and what's amazing about it too is that you know it's so weird that when people do window treatments, that the first thing they do is is leave their house. And go look at some some right. place, and, and and the reality is, why would you 
leave your house uh, to, for window treatments because you're, you're looking at your windows right there. So that's why uh, Michael said, you know, this mobile design unit is going to be great because I just I'll bring the entire store, the entire operation to your front door. Right. It just really makes it easy for people. Yeah. And then when people – I'll suggest something for them and they'll pick it out. Yeah. They'll go, did I do that too fast? Yeah. I usually don't make decisions that fast. Did I do that too fast? <laughs> I said, no. That's what you want here. Yeah. And they go, oh, that's great. We'll do that. <laughs> well, my mother-in-law, Kathleen Fellon, is on there, and uh, and she says uh, – because you did work for them right. too. Right. And, and it, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Kathy says, I love uh, I love our shades. Mm-hmm. So uh, good great. for her. That was several years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a lot of people who took me up on it, and, and, and they love them, and, and so – uh, really appreciate uh, the, the the feedback, Kathy and, and Eric, and the rest of the gang out there. And actually, even people who have been to Eric's thing are going, "Yeah, they do look pretty. They look do look fantastic." Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the other thing too is I want to mention too on a personal note is that um, when all this stuff was going on back in the day, uh, Michael was one of those advertisers that was getting a uh, a bunch of people calling him. Right. Didn't even live in St. Louis, most of them, calling him or or trying to bomb his website to pull off of the show. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I thought, what are you talking about? Right, exactly. You pedophile. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Crazy. Well, and, and, and Michael was one of my people who stood up for me and, and who uh, who who went balls to the wall with me and stayed with me. And I believe you were one of a couple of people. Uh, one of them was Michael's Flooring Outlet, and uh, the other one I, there uh, was uh, Arrowhead, who said, "We'll actually buy more advertising right. if you if you keep him, uh, right? And, and if you don't, then we're not going to be happy about it." So that so they doubled down on on their contribution to the show. So business had never been better. Had never been better. Before they let you go, yeah, it was just rocking, yeah, rocking, rocking. Because yeah. it had already been about eight years or seven and a half years since I'd been using it. Just right. things were just going so great. That was just really, it was just tough to take. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. and that's why we're hoping when we get back back into the fold here and we continue on to. Uh, with Radio Free Almond 2.0, which is coming pr- probably in December, but but That's that great. that that'll That's move it up news. even more. So we'll have phone, we'll have the phone lines in, and we'll do all this kind of stuff. But but the reality is that uh, that that uh, that right now, uh, the best thing you can do uh, for my advertisers is is, is show them the love because with, with they're they're like you, they're like minded like you. And and what what was true about 97.1 when I was there is true about Radio Free Almond is. That uh, it's a, it, you don't you cut right to the chase with these folks because they support the show, and so obviously you supporting them continues their support of the show, and you know how that whole thing works, and it also pays to have somebody who uh, thinks like you do and who works as hard as you have in your own lives as uh, as Michael Proctor, and I I love your when you when you text me things about what's going on in politics. Did you see the uh, what's going on with all the disarray in the in the uh, Democratic Party, which is kind of fun to watch. You had the Congressional Black Caucus bailing on the head of the DNC. Nancy Pelosi sees that, and, and she's CEO 
to the workers. And she's speaking to uh, to uh, uh, to Al Sharpton's blackmail network, otherwise known as the National Action Network, where this is where Al Sharpton demands money from you, and if you don't give him money, he calls you a racist. That's no, what the National that, Action Network is. That's typical. So Nancy Pelosi. We're going forward to reward work, so we're going to have a vision. It's going to be visionary on how we go forward uh, with these uh, initiatives. And they have to be about, uh, again, worker uh, training, education, and the rest, as well as what we in our For the People agenda. As we have to make a difference because this comes back to people of faith. This is an immorality in our country that we have an economy that perpetuates disparity in income to this extent. I always love it when, the, when Democrats suddenly become pastors all of a sudden. Uh, you know, after, after, you know, anytime a Republican gets up there and talks about faith and morality, if they, if they do, they're widely mocked by Democrats and liberals. But I love it when they finally find Jesus and go in front of the National Action Network and talk about, you know, with the reverend, talk about how faith and morality as it relates to, uh, you know, the taxes and that kind of thing. When, when the reality is the, the moral thing to do for a country is to give everybody an opportunity to have a stake in the economy. And I don't think anybody can argue that President Trump uh, has, has not given everyone a stake in the economy as evidenced by the fact that black unemployment is the lowest it's been historically and same thing for hispanics so how nancy pelosi can go out there and talk about the disparity because you know what, what's happening right now michael and we we heard it yesterday with um with uh what's his face the the uh, uh schumer their whole thing is good they're going back to the drawing board when it comes to their hopes for 2020 and and they are um they're harping on health care and, and pre-existing conditions, which Republicans have never really been against, uh, help for those people. And they're going back to the tax cuts only help the wealthy, which acts absolutely is patently untrue. That's that's just a bunch of crap. You know, they, they're just making things up as they go. They're not yeah. going to do anything. Yeah. Well, because they, they don't have anything. They don't have anything. Yeah. And so we have they to sold us out. hard to do that. Uh, we have great chairman uh, from the community. Uh, uh, Maxine is going to be in there doing the fight on housing uh-huh. in a very strong way. Yeah. They're Benny Thompson will be housing. in there fighting for to stop uh, domestic uh, terrorism in our country, uh, gun issues and the rest from his committee. Elijah Cummings, oh, my gosh. Oh, aren't Lord. We proud oh of Elijah- Thanks for warning us. Elijah Cummings. Bobby Scott will be working on the uh, education and workforce issues. We're changing the name of his committee. In other words, the next two years until we get rid of these guys again, it's going to be a nightmare is what it's going to be. But but wait, it's coming, though, Michael. And he, uh, uh, Mr. Espelotta, commented on him this morning talking about uh, making sure that we have worker development so that people are trained for the jobs that are there and to get higher pay uh, for them. Uh, who else? This this as wages are on the record, according to the Department of Labor, exponentially increasing, pretty much by the month, uh, well exceeding the ex- expectations of anybody. This goes on in terms of our our chairman, who will be serving us so well 
uh, from the uh, people of color community. Uh, on here, of course, Robin Kelly, I mentioned a champion in so many ways. So, so now, it's, and, and then it's the people of color community. It's like, but come a real on. Leader, a, a part of our task force on gun violence protection. But it's coming, it's Michael. Clark on the um, uh, Energy and Commerce Committee, a real champion to end the environmental injustices that exist in our country. That's such an important point. I mentioned Mr. Espelot in that regard as well. And, I think and, you just uh, said environmental uh, injustice. For one yeah. thing, just I'm just naming one said. thing, but on the uh, uh, Agricultural Committee, uh, Marsha Fudge She just leaves me for, speechless, uh, really. Having I mean, nutrition for our children. Words. She says a lot of words. They're going to provide nutrition for our children, though, Michael. I don't, All right. Don't, you know, don't, don't worry a, about it. Uh, something a decent country does and not as something that we have to fight over, so a real fighter. Yes, Lee, she is slurring her speech. I don't know what it is about her. Even when, you know, when Biden was in town for McCaskill, it's like, you know, uh, they're, they're not a commercial for Polident. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Food stamps and... and- <laughs> Rest for, for America's children. Thank oh, oh, she had to leave. She had to leave. But uh, everyone is making uh, such a tremendous... Uh, Nancy, Henry Fonda is waiting in the canoe outside of the building. You need to get back in there and go out contribution on to all Golden of this. Pond. Uh, we invite your comments, uh, your, your criticisms. It's coming, though, Michael. welcome, but also to think it's in scary. entrepreneurial, bigger ways. We're going to be visionary. We're going to be unifying. We're going to be healing. We're going to be transparent in how we do this. We're going to be respectful of other views. But we are going to, as we're going to try to find our common ground where we can. We have a responsibility to do that. But where we can't stand our ground like a rock, that's what Thomas Jefferson advised us to do. Oh, isn't he he the one that had slaves? Stand our ground like a rock. In any event, thank you. Thank you for helping take back America. People all over the place are calling me, writing on the airports here or there. Thank you for saving America. <laughs> I give those thanks to you. Thank you for saving America. <laughs> Reverend Sharpton, thank you for saving America. Thank you. Reverend Sharpen saving America. This is what we are all waiting for, people. Unbelievable. I mean, and and this kind of pandering has got to be embarrassing for the black community, even for that matter, to have people like Nancy Pelosi going up there who otherwise generally ignore them on other occasions. I don't I don't know whether Nancy Pelosi's ever actually even said two words to Al Sharpen, although she obviously is, is supporting uh, supporting him. But this is the kind of pandering you get. Just because she wants to do, she wants to be on the, uh, uh, the the Speaker of the House, she'll say anything, including thank you for saving America to Reverend Al Sharpton. Right. And she's losing the black vote. They're lo- the Democrat Party is losing a large percentage of the black vote. Enough to lose an election, and that's why they want to open the borders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they need I, votes. I, I They're think, going to need votes. I think you're right about that. And, and that's also why, for instance, the news media, when have been co- they've been covering this caravan, acting as if everybody is like, you know, Mary, Joseph and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And and and, and uh, the unborn Jesus. And, they, and then the minute they get to the border, they start climbing over the fences and there's not any. Then suddenly the story, there's not a story anymore about the caravan. No. 
that is just ignored. I've had to get video of them climbing over the fences from Fox News or from like uh, Honduran TV, you oh, know? Really? Yeah, I mean, because because really the news media isn't covering these guys going uh, popping over the fence and then uh, basically not even being uh, in any way, shape, or form having anybody uh, uh, even hitting them up for like. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, it's illegal for you to, to to be coming in here right now. You know that, don't you? Nobody's even accosting them. When they get over the fence, then what happens? That's what I want to know. They were when they st- get on the other side. I don't see do any coverage of through? it. No, okay. I mean, we don't well, know. I, right? I don't even see people being processed or anything of the sort. And and it's like, wow. I mean, uh, do you guys know? You realize these people are climbing over the fence and invading the damn country right now. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't seem like. I mean, again, in all due respect to the border guys and and, and other folks, I, I do want to let you know that that that. Um, that I'm not trying to criticize our border patrol or, for instance, our uh, armed forces because it's not they're not responsible necessarily for um, for what's going on, and, and they're also tasked not to uh, not to come and and uh, and confront anybody. The military is, and so uh, contrary to what people are saying, so we're gonna I'm gonna take a little break here, pay some bills, and I also want to make sure that uh, Michael Proctor, you, can you have time to stick around? Sure. I can stick around. Good. Perfect. All the best things in life are free. You can keep them for the birds and bees. I want money. Whoa, that's what I want. That's right. That's what I want. I want money. But not at all costs, you know. I want to have people who... Support the show who are good people, and I gotta tell you, Michael Proctor's one of them. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com, and we'll talk more about what he has to do for you and what he can do for you. Also, thank you, Golden Oak Lending, 314-567 Gold. And what they'll do is they'll put together a package for you that is designed to help you even get through the holidays. Imagine want a uh, you want a window treatment from Michael let's say and they're like I don't know I you know holidays are coming uh, I've, got, I've got to spend the money on the on gifts and I've got to spend the money on this, this this and that kind of thing but imagine not having to pay a mortgage or a house payment for two months and now would be the great time to go ahead and pull the trigger on a refi with Rates in the threes, and you're paying 18% on credit card interest. Are you kidding me? Golden Oak Lending will come out and help you use the increased value of your home to pay off the bills or cash out or do whatever. And the idea that you get you get you get no house payment for two months. That's that's a perfect time for you to say, all right, what I was going to use on the mortgage, I'll use on a window treatment with Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. What a great idea. Isn't that great? That's a great you idea. You have money. <laughs> and you don't have to, there's no excuse at that point. You have it, you have it already with you. And 314-567-GOLD. And what they'll do for you, by the way, as the Radio Free Almond listener, is... 
they will give you a free appraisal when you get the mortgage checkup. So if you tell them you're with Radio Free Almond and you're ready to rock, uh, they'll give you a um, they'll give you a free appraisal with your free mortgage checkup. Thank you also, by the way, to Matthew Mitchell again. Eight five five quote me is the number, and it's hard to find low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. Insurance companies, uh, this is how they make their money. They make their money by charging the premiums but skyrocketing your deductibles. Basically, they just don't want to pay you when you make a claim. So they try to keep that damage down. Even though you're paying the premiums, they try to keep that damage down by uh, by having your deductibles skyrocket. So when you do make the claim, like, I'm sorry, you have a $5,000 deductible. Like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that. I was getting low premiums, and they're like, yeah, too bad. So sad. So what Matthew does, because the Allstate Agency is a pretty big company, and they have a pretty wide portfolio. So what Matthew does is he uh, he can engineer a plan for you that includes low premiums and low deductibles, which is unheard of. When I went to him with my home insurance, auto insurance, I tore it up and went right to him. That's the other myth about it, too, by the way, is that there's uh, there's this belief that because you have an insurance policy with somebody, it's a contract, and it's really not. And if you do have a contract with insurance people and they tell you you can't get out of it, uh, something went wrong in that negotiation cause, uh, because that's unheard of generally to have a to be tied to an insurance policy. You should be able to get out anytime you want to, and you can. With uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency, 855 quote me. Also, by the way, and Michael, did you ever go to down to, um, did you go down to Santino's with, uh, ever, did you, you, were you at the radio? You did, you, you no. couldn't be at the radio for y'all in no, half I, hour last time around, I right? could, I had an appointment. Uh, I remember. Right. I thought, okay, I can get down there and then I. Well, cause you I and I, an you and I like to, you know, last time we got together, uh, it was at, um, Herbie's, right? We right. had we oh, had a little yeah. appetizer there and some drinks and Michael's a fun guy to hang out with and have a have a drink with and uh, maybe next time we go down to oh, Santino's. Would, I'd like to drink some whiskey down there. And, oh, buddy, they've got two hundred and fifty. Try a cigar. See try if I a could cigar. Smoke one without turning green. I don't know if I could or <laughs> you, not, but I you, could try. Do you I'll, I'll give cigars? it a shot. Okay. I used to smoke cigars when I was eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they have 250 rare and premium spirits. So, uh, for instance, I was uh, given Phil, who gave me the long branch for my mom's party, which is a wild turkey small batch uh, brand. And long branch is a really a good whiskey. Uh, there were people who said, yeah, I love it, but I, it's hard to find. Well, you can find it at Santino's. They, they'll have a long branch whiskey for you. I'd like they'll, that. They'll like have the Yippie Kaye, High West Yippie Kaye, which is also hard to find. Anything hard to find, anything in the gin versions, the vodka versions, the whiskey versions, anything kind of hard to find, uh, they have it uh, there. And also, by the way, you can use, sometimes even buy a bottle of it from, from uh, Mike over there. And, and I know that that's really odd. You're thinking, oh, I didn't know I could buy a – Buy buy a bottle of I didn't know I could buy a bottle of booze from a bar and well he if he has some he can sell it to you just telling you and then of course eighty four different craft beers and one hundred and seventy different cigar facings so you can have one hundred and seventy wow. different choices for your cigar out there that's amazing I'm sure they have one for me oh they they clearly have one for you so uh, our boy Michael Avenatti is uh, is in the news and uh, it turns out. 
that the media is giving the guy all the benefit of the doubt in the world. And actually, I think that's a good thing because because uh, we could play the Avenatti game. Right. And declare him guilty. We should. (laughs) <laughs> I disagree with I think, you know and yeah, right. you have to fight fire with fire. Right, okay. So this is the I mean, enemy I'll, we're talking about. Okay, this is I'll, a serious enemy. Right. Okay, I'll go with you on that. Well, I'll, well you don't have to, but I, you know, I I'll um I'll go with you on that though because uh because here's what happened and and I'm just trying to play the game more coyly mm-hmm. with Avenatti, but I would guarantee you that there are most of the people out there say, "Yeah, uh let's treat him the way he treated Kavanaugh. And by the way, the way he treated Kavanaugh was awful. Uh, and, 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 and he put forth a woman, Swetnick, mm-hmm. who, was a, uh, who was a liar, who was a, uh, a, a person who was uh, in, in, in no way, shape, or form, a person who could be trusted. But Avenatti put her forth anyway. This was after he put forth the Stormy Daniels thing and everything else. So Avenatti puts forth Swetnick. And what do you think think CNN did when Avenatti brought up Swetnick to them? They interrupted programming. They interrupted their regularly scheduled programming to report the news that there was a brand new person coming forward uh, to accuse uh, uh, Kavanaugh this time of this time of of gang rape engineering. Okay, mm-hmm. Swetnick was not a credible person, but Avenatti was uh, was stepped up there. They interrupted programming at CNN. This was on September twenty sixth. They interrupted programming on 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 CNN. There was it was a it was a segment on uh, on uh, trade that they were doing. They somebody breathlessly came into the studio and reported that Swetnick was uh, was making this accusation. So it became big news, and then they summarily spent an additional thirty minutes off on it after that, and then. CNN that same day on September 26th, they had 12 articles mentioning the Swetnick accusations. 12. Okay? Wow. So as of, as of this morning regarding Avenatti's arrest, because he was arrested. All right? You could, the, the, he's denying it because he says, she hit me first. That's apparently wow. the thing. So, uh, and this is not his estranged wife, it was somebody else. But, but anyway, uh, she, uh, th- they, they have one article on CNN about Avenatti's arrest. This is a guy who they've given unlimited amounts of airtime to, by the way. But they have one article on Avenatti's arrest, and, uh, and, and that's as of right now. Similarly, last night, so the story breaks on TMZ. At 4.45 in the afternoon. Now, the, the idea somehow that, well, we don't, we don't report what TMZ does because uh, they're not really a legit news organization. It's like baloney. TMZ comes out about something about President Trump, and, and you're quoting TMZ. You'll quote the National Enquirer if it's about Trump. 
Right. So any excuse they had about trying to reserve their reporting, it, it doesn't isn't valid here uh, because because it's TMZ. So when they did report it, it was two hours later. Then after TMZ broke the story, it was two hours later. So at seven forty-five, I'm sorry. So five forty-five was when it broke. Seven forty-five was when CNN decided they were going to go ahead and report the story. And, and here and here is the anchor who who even though they're reporting on the story, she says something that is really telling about CNN's approach to this story, which is widely different than their approach to the story involving Avenatti, Swetnick, and Kavanaugh. And you'll be able to detect it right away. Uh, this is Lisa Story Avenatti. And when I spoke with her on the phone, she said that she actually hasn't seen Michael Avenatti in three months, that she was not at his apartment. And she also said that he is somebody who wouldn't ever hit anyone. So they didn't report the story for two hours. And by the time they went on the air to report the story, the person reporting the story had already contacted Avenatti's estranged wife. So clearly, they spent the two hours before doing the story uh, vetting it and trying to find out all kinds of different circumstances through which they could defend Avenatti. Right, that he would never hit anybody. Right, exactly. And so so when you compare that to the Swetnick story, they didn't say, well, wait a minute, let's not report this yet. We're going to go call somebody or somebody who knows Kavanaugh and say he'd never be a gang rape engineer or whatever. They didn't do any of that. They interrupted programming to bring us the story. So it's a far different uh, presentation when it comes to a guy they, they like and, and they respect or do whatever uh, than it was with a Republican who happens to be Brett Kavanaugh and an appointee of uh, President Trump. Why didn't they try to find the woman that he hit? That brought the charges. Well, up. no, they, Why? yeah, they would. Why wouldn't, didn't they look her up? Yeah, they, they would, they would never. And apparently, Avenatti is is out, uh, but they they detained him, mm-hmm. and uh, to try to get to, uh, to the story, but, uh, but but apparently he's he's out now. Uh, but here's a guy who is the lead champion, if you want to put it that way, the lead champion of uh, of supposed. Uh, abused women and he is accused of abusing a woman himself so so he says she hit me first does that yeah. mean he hit her back uh well she yeah did? okay yeah i mean and, and 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 so he's admitting that he hit her well at least she hit me first somebody and, had to hit second yes and and that's not his uh uh that's not necessarily his um his official statement oh because their official statement is it wasn't his estranged wife, which really isn't much of an official statement, if you ask me. Uh, but but the but the fact of the matter is, uh, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, he was apparently yelling that or doing something of that sort um, out in the street, and 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 that was the uh, that was what happened. Now, um, our buddy Sean Hannity was on the Fox News Channel last night and made kind of the same point I'm making. Which is, hmm, there's, there's no doubt that Avenatti is going to want the same kind of treatment. 
right, we've been warning you now for weeks. Thousands upon thousands of undocumented. Oh, here he's on. I, I gotta, I gotta fast forward right. it to Avenatti. But, but he, he, um, he actually was, um, was, was maintaining. When we get these forests put out when these. Uh, he, he, he was maintaining that maybe we ought to, in some way, shape, or form, uh, give Avenatti the kind of treatment that and irresponsible he gave Kavanaugh and 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 girls and boys lining here up it is. in the halls and one by one quote waiting their turn to rape these young women there was no evidence that story eventually changed Avenatti demanded that his client and all others you know have made accusations that they should all be believed you might remember this if the president was smart, if he wasn't so arrogant, he would see the writing on the wall. By the way, I have to tell you, I've seen Avenatti in action. I saw him on Tucker Carlson's show. And, and if anybody is more than capable of punching a woman, it would be that dude. Because mm-hmm. he's like king of the jackasses. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he really is. Right. Pull this and up. he's got he's got some pretty he's got some pretty good anger going here. Mm-hmm. Every time the guy opens his mouth, right? Parkway Central must be proud, by the way. Nation immediately. If you make accusations, yeah, he went to Parkway Central. Oh, really? Yeah, Parkway huh. Central Zone. Michael Avenatti. He's a Saint Louisian. Oh, huh? yeah, he okay. is. Embarrassingly enough, yeah. Oh, wow. Allegation, the bar of whether or not you stay or go, Michael, what does that set up for the future? I mean, that's a very good point, Chris, but I, I think we're beyond that from what I understand relating to the lie detector test being passed, which, of course, is not admissible in a court of law. We're not talking about a mere um, accusation or allegation. And here's another important point. This isn't going to be adjudicated in one day or even two days. Now, we learned tonight that Michael Avenatti has been arrested. He was taken into custody by the LAPD. He has been charged with serious charge, and that would be felony domestic violence. He is denying these allegations. He is proclaiming his innocence. And I will be consistent on the issues of due process and the presumption of innocence. But one can only wonder if now maybe Michael Avenatti would apply the same standard to himself that he applied to Justice Kavanaugh, or maybe tonight... He would prefer that the country give him due process and the presumption of innocence. Or will you lock yourself up and just throw away the key? (laughs) I believe he deserves presumption of innocence, due process. Let the legal system do their job and hope and pray that the right justice and answer comes through. Yeah, so that's kind of what I said. But people uh, people are so upset, though, about this, like yourself, about what happened to Kavanaugh. It's like maybe we ought to give him a taste of his own medicine. We should. And, but you know. he'll get his due process. Oh, yes, but we he can will. Still, we can still give him a taste of his own medicine at the same time. And to tell you the truth, I'm not even sure that uh, you know, he'll, he'll get his due process, but I'm not even quite sure that Kavanaugh ever really got due process on this. Oh, never. Never. It was, it was horrible what they did to him. They accused him of everything. Right. And with no corroboration at all. Uh, was a big circus. Yeah, and, and but but I'm not even sure, uh, Michael, that that uh, that Swetnick ever actually was ever held responsible for her comments. 
no. responsible for her accusations, even though they were false. Uh, and, and in fact, no one has been held responsible for the accusations. <laughs> no one's been held responsible for a lot of things, you know, with with the Justice Department going after Trump. You know, they doing all these investigations and nobody's nobody's going to jail. Nobody in Florida is going to jail. Nobody's, you know. Yeah. Uh, the people that run the election down there, that gal down there that uh, snipes, she's been uh, found guilty and uh, nothing's ever happened to her. She yeah. isn't even fired. So yeah. I don't understand why there's no consequences for well, anybody. Right. Right, so I'm so I'm actually not sure. Then, then even if even if we look at Avenatti and we and we and we talk about providing him with due process, uh, Kavanaugh is now a seated Supreme Court justice and never got due process. Correct. I, I mean, it, it, because the charges were levied, uh, he got confirmed in spite of them, but nothing ever rolled its way through any kind of proceeding. Oh. To where we vetted out whether or not these women were telling the truth or not. It, eventually, we learned they were not. Mm-hmm. And although I still think Christine Ford, uh, while she hasn't been necessarily determined to be an on-the-record liar, I will tell you that, 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 in my opinion, I think she definitely was a liar. Right. That's my opinion about it, well, anyway. Well, how would, uh, how would he get due process? Would he have to bring lawsuits against these people? Well, and so, now that he's sitting on the Supreme Court, he'd have to bring lawsuits against these people or f- file charges to get his due process. Well, here's the thing: uh, if you if you uh, are in a situation where um, you have somebody who makes a false accusation against you, that person should be charged with a crime. Although, although here's the thing: she didn't really. Uh, call the police, and that's, and that's the thing. None of these people ever talked to the police. No, they didn't. I mean, in fact, in fact, they, the police had to come and talk to them. So you know, so none of that really, actually, there was never really any any uh, process that they they went through in order to kind of you know uh, nail it down. And so you know, Kavanaugh could, I guess. It would be up to him entirely. File a defamation claim. But he's not going to. Right. He'll let it all go. And, 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 the, only, and the problem with that is that, that in a situation like this, when you, when you do file libel and defamation claims, which I will be doing down the line to certain media entities, but uh, the, it's questionable as to whether or not Kavanaugh can prove damages. So, so what ha- And then unfortunately, in this, in this world we live in, uh, in order, if you're a public figure, you have to uh, prove malice, and I think that actually can easily be mm-hmm. proved mm-hmm. based on with a little more investigatory prowess. That could easily be proved when it comes to uh, the approach that these folks took to going after him. Mm-hmm. I think that I think I think this is like textbook malice. Right. 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 When 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 it's when it's basically reckless disregard for the truth. Unfortunately, you can basically report anything, uh, and it would be. Um, but but like for instance, like I'll just give you an example. There was a newspaper in D.C. called the Washington Free Press, and they're going to be one of one of my targets. And and even though they they might argue I was a public figure, uh, the Washington Free Press used a headline. And the headline said 
that that I had fantasized about raping David Hogg. Now, there's no circumstance through which that's a defensible statement to make in any way, shape, or form when you don't have any proof about it. And the mere fact that you put it out there and said that, to me, is proof of malice because when you when when um, when you say somebody fantasized about something, you you can't you can't ever know what is in somebody's head. Only if you told them you fantasized right, about it, right? And so so That's the, so crazy, right? So the only way that you could possibly come to that conclusion is if you came to that conclusion yourself, right? And and made it up, and then you have to ask, well, why did you make that up? And if it were, and 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 and, you, and I think that ultimately it's because I was who I was, because uh, if I was just a regular uh, Democrat Joe out there, they would never have said that about me. So anyway, that that's so so again, you'd have to put but but Kavanaugh unfortunately could not prove damages because he's actually a Supreme Court justice now, and and a jury and then they'd be and the, and whoever oh, really? defended these people would say, yeah, but look what 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 damage has really been done to him. Since he's now a Supreme Court justice, so well, that would be a problem. His reputation is oh, damaged. Absolutely, it is. His family is damaged. Unfortunately, you know. there's not a jury in the world that's going to help him out here. But really, we'll see. Okay. All right. So now you mentioned Brenda Snipes, and this is uh, in in Florida, and and you talk about someone who clearly is is, in my opinion, approaching this recount thing and everything in a corrupt way. So a federal judge, uh, and this is the latest, this is what we're getting uh, off the news, um, has now given each side basically what they wanted, which to me is really not uh, justice. But anyway, federal court judge uh, today uh, ruled, and this was this morning, that thousands of voters whose votes weren't counted because of issues with their signatures on their mail-in or provisional ballots have two more days to challenge the decision to reject their vote. So they've, they're extending the time once again to have these people are given a way to challenge their votes. Uh, so uh, that came hours before a 3 o'clock deadline for all the counties out there, including Broward and, and Palm Beach County, to uh, report the results of a machine recount for the U.S. Senate, the governor race, and the agriculture commissioner contests. Now, the ag commissioner is an important position down there in Florida, especially. So Rick Scott, uh, who leads Nelson by fewer than 13,000 votes, and Ron DeSantis uh, leads Gillum by less than 34,000 votes. And this Democrat, uh, Rick Nikki Fried, leads the Republican by 5,326 votes. So what, what this ruling by this judge gives uh, is uh, those who had their mail-in or provisional ballots rejected by local canvassing boards because their signatures didn't match the one on file until 5, give them until 5 p.m. on Saturday to challenge the decision. So they keep on extending... Uh, the goalpost here. So the individual voters yes. have to go up and say, 
that is my signature. Count exactly. my vote. Exactly. Well, that that's not going to happen, is it? They're and, not going to crawl out of the woodwork and do that, are they? Right. I and, hope and, not. And, <laughs> and, and that's the, and that's the problem with this. And then it's it, it's giving all these people more time to fabricate mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know. And, and by the way, I don't. Did you vote on election day? Yes. Okay. On election day, I don't understand how. Uh, Filled in all the little bubbles too. Yeah, yeah, no me problem. Too. No, no I, problem. I did the same thing. I didn't. I didn't use the machine. I don't trust the machine. <laughs> no. And 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 unfortunately too, uh, that thing that takes the ballots looks suspiciously like a shredder to me. Right. <laughs> I, but who knows? You know. Um, but you, but you and I both are in the same hood, right? Aren't we? Right. Right. I. So uh, so oh, over in Maple. No. Yeah, well, yeah we, Richmond Heights. That yeah, area there. Right. And so we. Um, I, I was I was sitting there and I was like, oh, the there's lines a Catholic, are Catholic Catholic school that I voted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's and and the boy I said, boy, the lines are long here. This isn't good news in this area. No, <laughs> you know. But I figured, well, I heard that uh, Darden Prairie and Forestell were the lines were long there. I'm too, in Maple so. Weird. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so um, Rick Scott uh, said that they're they're definitely appealing this ruling, and, and, and he says uh, uh, we're going to. Prevail, uh, Bill Nelson's. What happened is all these lawyers came uh, from Washington, and Bill Nelson, who's a U.S. senator, had his lawyers ready to roll, um, came in to argue against the process that they previously argued for. That guy looks like the guy that used to be on television, the crypt crypt keeper or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's still uh, around. It doesn't make sense. I, I still, I still don't believe that 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 Rick Scott or Gillum that they could possibly, even if they were, even if even if they were committing massive fraud, I still can't imagine them being able to uh, to pull this off and, and and get that many votes to make things happen. I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see that happening. Well. We'll see. Well, I, I, I hope you're right. Stranger Boy, thing, do I hope you're right. Because we need the governorship big time. Uh, big time. Big time governor. Yes. And, and and in large part, we need that for reasons you, you all might not suspect, and that is because these governors end up appointing judges mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the higher uh, court level in Florida. The same judges that could play a role in any problems that occur in 2020. And there will be problems in 2020. And in Florida, so there will be problems yes. in 2020. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is important because really what there are some people who are saying uh, is this is there's a possibility that um, that 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 this is all a precursor to their attempts to sway the 2020 election. Right. Because they know kind of what's coming there. They're practicing. Right yes. Now. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Mm. I totally agree. Well, Michael Proctor, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate you um, coming all the way uh, down here in the snow and ice mm-hmm. and uh, and braving the elements. But, you know, that's what Michael does. Seven days a week with the mobile design unit, he'll come to your house, come hell or high water, and uh, and give you the kind of value and the kind of great window fashion that you're going to love for your home. So uh, I really appreciate you supporting the show, brother. Oh, Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate you. And I'm and I'm glad that uh, that we've settled the issue of global warming because uh, it's not warm anywhere <laughs> In except the- for deep South Florida, right? New Orleans, 
the Emerald Coast, San Diego. Wind chill temperatures are all below 40. Right. Corpus Christi was in the 20s. Yeah. Well, San Antonio, yesterday, it was a 102-year-old record that was broken regarding how cold it is. Oh, wow. So the global warming enthusiasts are having kind of a rough, rough right, right. week. That's not global. It's climate change. I was saying, that's right, yeah. yeah that's well, they'll explain to you, see... It is climate change because we have so many juxtapositions, you know, uh, that uh, so many, so many different juxtapositions and, and, uh, of, of weather patterns. That that's because they they had to back away from the whole global right. warming thing. It's all Donald Trump's fault, folks. That snow out there, Donald <laughs> Trump dumped it on us. Right on. Good morning this morning, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Doctor ProctorDrapery.com. Also, thank you, Matthew Mitchell, and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you, Tracy Ellis, tracyellis.com. Tracy and Rick, you're awesome. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. They now are going to set you up with a refi. Two months of float, meaning you don't have to pay any mortgage payment for two months. They're going to turn your uh, money into gold for you. And two months of float. If you get a mortgage checkup with them, you are also going to get a free appraisal if you are a Radio Free Almond listener. So that's how it all rolls with Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. Santino Cigars and Cocktails, thank you very much. Vogel Road in Arnold. They are awesome. And uh, wonderful folks there at Santino's. And it's a great place for you to kind of cozy up Get out of the elements. Have a nice uh, two fingers and a Cuba ice whiskey, and you're on your way. Although you and I drank gin last time we right. hung out but, together. But uh, I went to a bonfire recently and drank Jim uh, Beam. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love it. it you did? Good. You liked so it? So I'm yeah. ready to have some. Branch out. I, I want to branch out and get the good stuff. Not I know. Santino's. I know, buddy. I'll meet you down there whenever you want. We can make that happen, buddy. Right. We can make that happen. I'm ready. Santino's. RadioFreeAlman.com. And folks, don't let the media tell you to stay off the roads. Get out there. Lisa, thank you so much. She's in Chicago. Appreciate you listening to the show. One of the great elements of our uh, of our whole operation is we have people all over the country who are listening to uh, to the show. It's because we're on the app and on Facebook and our signal doesn't go away. My son listens in Kansas City. Nice. Tell him. Brandon, right? Mm-hmm. And I have cousins in California. I got to tell them to listen. <laughs> All right. And so does Gwen. Gwen's in Chicago, too. Gwen Bartolini. So mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's awesome. So thanks a ton, everybody. Be safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.